<laughs> it's Schold. Yeah, Kaya Schold. Yeah. Like S H O L D. S C H O E L D. Yeah, Kaya works with us. And um, actually, how do you actually um, kind of reference you as like the cute intern? I guess. Yeah, because like we're going to be doing a show, a right. reality show. And I think that I hope that, I mean, we already have a YouTube and, you know, I mean, we kind of, we kind of already. We're kind of already like doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it'd be really cool if uh, Aaron can, because my my friend Aaron. Sorry. What? <laughs> I just had to know that moment. That was all her hair. Oh yeah. Oh, is that good? Uh, hair? <laughs> Veronica's <laughs> Veronica just walked in and like touched Kaya's hair because she's been doing extensions. Uh, she just got licensed to do extensions, and it like really gives like fullness to. Uh, Hair. Um, yeah, so uh, how did you like find out about Ridge again? Literally the most random way possible. I knew this guy that I had worked with a couple times, and he knew that I was trying to find an internship for the summer, and he was like, oh, we bought a fogger from this production company like a year ago. What? Yeah, Damn. and then he gave me Valerie's Wait, email. Wait, who bought that? Um, His name is... Oh my gosh, I'm going to blank. He's he calls himself like Poppy Digital. I don't know if you've ever heard of him and he has Mm-mm. this like advertising thing. His name is Julian that's Espinosa, that's his name. Hmm. Um, but I they just bought it on a whim I think for some video that they were making. I thought you like saw like an ad or something. Or wait, he saw the ad or No, he just gave me Valerie's email. And so he was like, I'll give you some contact information and then just email them and see. And so I just emailed Valerie and came in and that was that. So what, what, why were you talking to this guy again? I did like uh, a few jobs with him where I like um, directed photo shoots. And or what is he? He just is a guy that just sh- like what shoots or he has like he a- has like an advertising company type deal mm. it's not mm. like big or anything he just does um like marketing stuff and i met him at hub 101 with greg so like oh, greg okay yeah introduced me to julian who introduced me to gallery okay. so that makes sense though mm-hmm. so you really really it was just kind of like through like hub which is yeah greg. exactly yeah um also we have ryan here who who if you're what <laughs> if you're wondering who's going hmm <laughs> I'm just like making sounds in the background. I was so interested in this portion of the story when you were like, "Yo, like, how did you find out?" I was. I'm always curious about how. Oh yeah, people for, find for things, sure. You know. Yeah, I'm so Kaya's been great. Um, actually, even Tim was like, "I really liked Kaya. She was really helpful," mm-hmm. which is like very rare. That that I don't know. I think there's something about like like girls. Yeah, I don't know what it is, and it's funny because Aaron, you know, speaking of the reality show. I have a good friend, Aaron Levant. Some of you may know he started mm-hmm. Agenda and then he started ComplexCon and then the network and Truff and Sauce and everything he touches sort of, he's like a really hard working, uh, workaholic for sure. Like, uh, you know, so he's interested in finally like helping us bring this reality show to life through some kind of network. That's why I was referencing Kaya being, I think are really cool. And then we keep finding out more interesting (laughs) things about you. But, but I think that could be so cool. Like to like, 
oh, here's this girl that, you know, she can edit, she shoots a little and uh, she's helping with the podcast and she's around and she's learning and whatever. But then like, we're slowly finding out like, this like crazy side yeah, to her. Yeah, for sure. This is the I, first time I, I met her, so think, I'm like yeah. late to the party, but I just had a really good time watching Disney Plus over there. She's yeah. making it entertaining. Like so. up random videos. I think, that's, yeah. I think that's like really I don't know. There's so many different cool elements to all the different people that work at the company mm-hmm. and, and you rediscover I mean I think way more so than I don't really watch like Pawn Stars or Duck Dynasty or Deadliest Catch or Ice Road Truckers or yeah. any of those shows but I know that they're really popular and um, they got nothing on Ridge I don't <laughs> they know they got nothing on the shenanigans at Ridge dude. right yeah it's pretty fucking funny and, and pretty crazy uh, um, so I don't know why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself just like bullet points, whatever you think is important. <laughs> yeah. Well, to know I mean, I mean, you know? I'm in college right now. Um, I'm 22 and I'm, I'll graduate this year, but I've been studying film production. So that's kind of how I ended up at Ridge. But I'm not from here. I'm from like South Dakota. So I literally moved out from the middle of nowhere to <laughs> come to dreams. LA and follow the dreams. You're of on the right side of the film. industry ahead of time, just so you know. Like, <laughs> That's what I hear. I yeah. feel like I'm making a step Go in production. the right direction. Yeah. Well, it's 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 funny because like yeah, I I I really do agree. I don't know what, how would you what you know insight do you have? Yeah, when you say that, like, do you actually know, like, what? Yeah, I think that, like, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, right? People transplant out to LA, they got huge hopes and dreams, and sometimes it pans out and it works super good for these people, right? Like, I'm saying, like, what do you mean when you say you're on the right side of the industry? Do you just mean that as like a say? Oh no, I mean that because like this is the this is the side that has like guarantees and longevity to it, and like uh, a creative outlet, also much like acting, but like. So many people do that same track. Well, you just you just mean as opposed to like acting. acting. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right, right. Right. I thought you meant so because for the way I see it, Ridge is very much like a new media right company. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just actually do you know what that means? Like I just kind of heard that term from Elliot the other day. I don't really. New so media. so so there's like like new media is kind of like non-union DIY like I I think we're even further than that we're like so uh I mean we we really haven't you know established ourselves let's just be honest in like the we've done a few like commercials and we're kind of like you know we've done but we're not really established in that upper I think we're working on it though Valerie we just created I think you guys are in the upper echelons. No. I really do, dude. <laughs> I look at it like I look at new media as the future. Well, and yeah. There's so but much I'm, room. I'm just saying like as far as bigger budget, bigger client, you know, film, just yeah. so, sort of where I see us going in the next year or two and, and, and we're taking certain steps to, to get there, like, you know, creating this pitch or sort of like an email yeah. thing that we can send out to different clients and getting like lead leads list. But, but I do think that we're on, there are two different, you know, you can, you can be doing hours as like a PA and like some union, like, I don't know, like where you don't really know everyone and you're kind of, uh, going to different 
I don't really know how that works. I think Wickham was trying to get into that. You know, I don't really know yeah. what's, I think I just ran into him the other day and he, I think he ended up just like actually just showing up at different places and like knocking on the door and they're like, we don't want to hire you. And then he like came back and knocked on the door again and like was just really persistent and yeah. apparently mm-hmm. got to meet someone. And then I don't know, but like, I think there are different sides Yeah, in, in, in this world, meaning like, uh, there's like the more, um, I don't know for lack of a better word, like corporate union yeah. thing. And then there's like, you know, just like right. companies like Ridge that are just like fucking, I don't know. Actually, I don't know that there really yeah. are any other companies I like either. Ridge. I mean, and, I mean, and that we'll, was, well, well, before you say that there are, there's, 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 you guys probably don't know because th- there are, um, there's camp, uh, camp, th- there, there's the Jaguar guys. There's, a uh, uh, um, human being, they're, they're, so you guys haven't heard of these companies, no. right? This is sort of like mm-hmm. people that are sort of in our space, like competitive, sort of like, right. like human being kind of took uh, Comic-Con uh, from us and started oh. doing the same recaps, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there are right. other companies. I don't yeah. know what they're what it looks like in their offices. Right. <laughs> I mean, we don't even have a fucking office. That's yeah. another thing I feel kind of like I, I would like to, mm-hmm. we're really lucky to be in the situation we're in. And I think that it would be tricky, but whatever. I, it's yeah. definitely fun and just a little bit. I don't want there to be the kind of like, I don't, I just don't want it to be like that pressure kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, Hub 101 was probably kind of like that too. Or I don't know. Was that even a place you got paid? Or? A little, no, I got paid. It was an on-campus job for me. So when I applied, all I knew is that they wanted like content creators. And I was like, that sounds cool because I want to make content. Um, but the majority Thank of you, the... Alex. The majority of the stuff that they did there was all like entrepreneurship based and business based. Mm. And so while it was, I was learning a lot of like important things because I think that's important in whatever you're doing. It wasn't necessarily like my thing. So, so when you say, uh, um, they want, they wanted content creators yeah, so like I would I would come in and I'd film like little events for them or I'd take pictures at events right. and then I mm. would take it and make like short little videos for their Instagram or their Facebook or anything that they needed it right. for. Yeah, so it was just like putting content, Greg was always about like putting anything up on, I mean a lot like here, just putting things on the internet so mm. that they can find Hub 101 because they're really just, they just want to grow. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just like a co-working space, but it's owned by the school, so anybody can come in. Right. But yeah, it's Do a really good way to like meet people. I feel like. Yeah, that sounds solid. Yeah, yeah. it's a it cool like place. A solid environment. Can I talk a little bit about what I feel like Ridge is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, well, well, but 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 have you worked at other places? Like, do you know? I've well, been freelance the whole time. I've for worked how long? In, so I've been doing this since 2007. And I don't even know if we got into this before. You're familiar with my body work. Most of my stuff happens in nature, the outdoors. It's very unscripted. But you've literally like only done photography. I've done photography and I've done some videography. I've worked on music videos. As a living. 
Yeah, I've gotten paid. And that's all you've done. No, well, I've also cut hair the whole time. Oh, okay, um, cool. I'm a barber as well, but I do that three days a week, and right. then I do my stills imagery, like I do my video. But okay, I so so just so everyone knows, Ryan was on the last podcast with the fly fishing. Yeah. Right? So we're, we're I'm saying that now because I know this will come out after that, right? Yeah. Right. So we have uh, we just put out Troy today and Dane and uh, Liberty House. And then the next one is uh, Jesus and Porn, I think. We mm-hmm. talked last night with Victoria and uh, Billy, Angela's wife. And then it'll be this yeah. one. So, oh, this so, one. so, actually, so yeah, he was on the two. Or wait, what did I just say? We, we, oh, we oh, were yeah. on the one right after the. I, the I think, house. I think, yeah, I think maybe we should do fly fishing after Jesus and Porn because yeah. we just did one with Troy. So maybe yeah. we'll do. Skip them up. So whatever. This is Ryan, uh, the fly fishing guy, but also you've made a career in. Okay, so so yeah, he has some experience. He's not just some guy like saying what he thinks. No, no. I've made my living through creative outlets. I mean, everything that I've done, I've never held down an office job. And just just, just, just not to interrupt you, but I'm interrupting you just to say that we are going to be talking about Disney Plus, which just came out today. Before you dip out, I I want to talk about... I want everyone to know that like Kai is a huge Disney supporter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and I actually sure. am really excited to talk about some of the Disney. I mean, dude, Disney's incredible. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. So, so we, we, we didn't really, I mean, today I was like, Oh, I got the podcast set up. We just did something last night, but I want to have someone else on. Kai is young and I don't know. I haven't really had a chance to like talk in depth with her. And I think that mm. like she, you're obsessed with Disney movies and you're all, she was talking about Disney plus and like we just downloaded yeah. it. And it's so cool. So we're going to get into that also. Um, and then we'll see where that goes, which, which, which could be cool. But Ryan first is going to tell us his outlook on Ridge production. Yeah, because he, cause he's actually been kind of coming by the studio a little bit with Troy and just kind of checking stuff out. And he's a dope photographer and, yeah. He brought a high eight camera over one day and was yeah. like kind of cranking it. So yeah, dude, no, I mean, and it's all it's all part of it, right? I'm actually gonna bounce off that because um, of the fact that like you were just talking about the Disney, so it's not a bad time to like bring that up. But I look at Ridge in a weird way, and this is gonna sound blasphemous for any huge Disney fans and <laughs> viewers out there, but like when I think of what Ridge is capable of doing right now in the space that they have where every other media house for the last, you know, X amount of times has been on this mission of like following the current commercial trend where like Ridge productions is ahead of the curve in the same sense as that video that we just watched from like the 1920s. It's like revolutionary. Mm. Like I'm sure these guys are going to talk. We'll go more in depth about it later, but like we were just watching the Mickey, the first Disney movie or seven minutes short ever made the the the, mm. the, the steamboat, steamboat willie changed so that, the world that, that's what he's referencing yeah yeah and i mean people are familiar now more than with that but i think that disney was at a huge advantage at that time because they could really run with something that was unique and inside of what you guys are doing because the 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 new media space inside of social media and new ways of advertisements budgets coming off of more commercial television things and and moving towards in-house produced content i really think that like right now just because it's in the game and that family component to it that you always talk about dude like that's why i keep coming by you guys are all mad cool dude that's all respect and love like i showed up here and pat offered me steak and like (laughs) you know what i mean like that's just homie moves like yo you know you're in the presence of a homie when like dude shares his steak with you like you know like 
Sam, was it? Who, who was cooking it? Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Sarah, Veronica's trainer. Yeah. Was cooking steak when we walked in. I mean, it, dude, all her clients are her friends. Yeah. Like, she trains her. I don't know. Like, I, we've just, I've learned some shit. I actually don't want to say I've learned something the hard way because I, I just feel like I, uh, from at a very young age, like, all I ever wanted to do was, like, Let's like have fun with my friends, right. which is why I started a band with my friends. Right. Um, I just couldn't work Yeah, for like, I mean, I, I have worked. At well, you're an entrepreneur, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. for it sure. It runs in your Th- veins. Through and through. Yeah. Right. But I mean, but, but, but there's different kinds like, you know, to, 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 to just outsource and hire the best people for the job is like not what I'm so concerned with i'm more concerned with like who is attracted to us who fits into this kind of culture and people will come and that are looking for a more professional corporate environment or whatever and they'll they'll either just kind of fall off or like certain people will just like stick like yeah you know the people Mm -hmm. that that i don't know it depends on the things that you value as a creative like fun is just i think above all else what matters because like all that other shit just like fucking fades. Yeah. yeah. It shows in your work too. When you have people that are having genuine fun around an environment, you're able to capture more organic moments. But it's than, also really fun to be organized. Yeah. To do good work, to like have a really dope product and to like be successful. Right. Absolutely. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah that's why I'm always remembering. It but. can it can be a combination of the two. And I think that you guys are already accomplishing that. I think that creatively abused artists always have a, a hard time sort of seeing exactly what we're doing. And I think that the first time I came over, maybe it was a little clearer because it's like, for me, I'm an outside observer walking uh-huh. into a new situation where like you've spent your time building this thing up, you know? So like you're very much at the heart and soul of the whole thing. And sometimes as an artist, which what you're curating here, even when they're not cameras in people's hands, just the environment that you're mm-hmm. creating, it's an art form, dude. It's a balance, right? Yeah. It's crazy. It's almost it's like, uh, you know, it's almost like it's not even like I'm building it. It's almost like a snowball that mm-hmm. I'm just letting like roll down the mountain and it's like picking up. snow as it's going and then like other snows falling off it that doesn't really fit (laughs) or work and a lot of the times like the the people that that end up going or falling off are like going through whatever thing they're going through because I definitely like try to I think that we kind of attract uh, kind of sometimes like a a more like uh, like uh misfit outcast like lost like i i've met a lot of the guys in aa and just different people that are i think that like you know maybe kaya valerie noah tony those are more people that are a little bit more level-headed and grounded which (laughs) is good but then you have like other people like you know me and troy and I don't know, maybe, I don't know where Alex fits in quite yet. I think he's a little, uh-huh. little, <laughs> a little bit of both. And then like, you know, Wickham and Nate and, and then even Mike and, and Seth. And these are guys that have, have gone on because I think they have, you know, they're dealing with whatever in their yeah. life trauma or pivotal points in yeah. there. What do you think? I mean, I agree with you. I feel like <clears throat> just about like the whole culture. If you have, yeah, to I, 
I feel like that's what attracted me most to Ridge was really? that it was in corporate environment. Oh, and really? so especially when I came in and I was hearing about everything from Valerie, I I didn't want to um, shoot myself kind of in one direction that I felt like if I were to go to a more corporate internship, yeah, I'd be stuck sure. doing like script coverage or like something menial whereas like when i came to ridge they were like yeah we can put you on jobs you can be on set you can do all these things that's the thing yeah and so i mean i'm coming home to all my friends and being like yeah so i did this at work today and i'm gonna be on set tomorrow and they're like yeah i sit in an office yeah no it's, it's weird yeah so i mean that and also all the passion that i feel like comes from everybody that's just sitting in that little studio is insane and i I love being around passionate people and people with vision and that, I mean, I feel like that inspires me, especially as a young person that's not even done with school yet. Mm, Um, But I I love the environment. I feel like it's helpful for creative people at least. Well, like, you know, I I don't really, I don't want to do one thing either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think no artist is like trying to just be fucking licking stamps all day and putting them on an envelope Mm -hmm. for like just an example. So I think like I want to let people fit in where they fit in. Yeah. And and you you figure it out like as you go, like you realize, oh, like, I mean, Alex, I knew right away. He was like a YouTube guy, right? But Mm -hmm. like Troy's kind of like, I think he's pretty good with his hands. I think he's really good on set. I don't know. like, it, it, And then yeah. he also is a really funny kind of editor. Everyone just kind of – Noah's just like literally ending up right where he wants to be, which is like learning animation and just kind of picking up, helping like just run everything. And Valerie's obviously doing what she's doing, which is more of like a Claire, like a producer role mm-hmm. where she's like uh, setting up different – that's what she wants. That's what she wanted to do coming into mm-hmm. it, and that's actually yeah. what we needed. But yeah, like, I mean, sometimes you're going to be, and you're going to end up doing certain things maybe you don't want to do, but I'm definitely like super, I want to listen to whatever anyone like, like, dude, if you were like, I want to do this, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, let's figure out, let's do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, (laughs) I don't know what you want to actually, what do you want to do? Um, You're that's still figuring that the out. thing is like when I came into this, I, I don't know quite yet what exactly I want to do. And yeah. so every time, I mean, people ask me that I'm like, well, i when I came to go to school here, I was like, I want to direct, I want to make <clears throat> movies. And then as I kept going and like schooling, I was like, well, maybe I don't know. And maybe I want to explore more of the roles that go into like film production mm-hmm. Um, I've looked in like screenwriting. Mm. I've looked at you. I mean, when I started at Ridge, one of the huge things I talked about with my friends was that like, maybe I wanted to go into music videos. Mm. And so when I saw that you guys did music videos, I, it like blew my mind. I was like, where did I find this random company that does like all this stuff that I'm interested in? And so I'm just kind of finding my way around, I guess. Yeah. And you're like on set (laughs) with the Bella Thorne stuff. And and then, and then you're like, Oh, were you there for the famous Dex thing? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's crazy because like you're, and now you're seeing like, Oh, like that's like, is that even going to come out? Mm -hmm. Like you realize, like, I think people just don't, there's just shit to learn um that you just can't you're never gonna go to a school or like whatever and they're never gonna tell you listen like 
you might shoot a video and not get paid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, and then, and, and then you also, if that happens, you have the option to make fun of the artist and go viral, getting you more work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, you sure. were you around when that happened? I, I think I came but you know, right after. Yeah. yeah but like, everything. that's crazy. You're never going to fucking, most companies would never even dream to even yeah. do that. <laughs> but I think that's like what you're saying. It's like, I, we are, re, I'm really like, you know, I'm like, you know, I want to get, um, views, right? Like, mm -hmm. like every company yeah. that we work for, they're paying us to make content so that what they can have views, they can get mm -hmm. views. So if we're yeah. trying to do that too, I understand the landscape. Mm -hmm. I understand what's going to, rather than just like understanding how to shoot from a cinematographer yeah. standpoint, like Absolutely. I'm like, I want to get my shit viewed and it's not just about, right. You know, doing it a certain way. It's, it's like the it's, a 24 model, dude. That production kind of a 24. Right, like, I don't really know. So I know they started know, out as a publisher. Uh, right, or, actually, yeah, they started out publishing like they would find like really high key indie films with like really cinematic color grades and and a good clean aesthetic to them, and they would promote and put out the content and uh, and get it in front of the world, and then they kind of just grew into doing like the actual production end of things. Mm. But like, I I see how those things spiral, you know, off of each other and end up connecting in the end, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're but but what I was saying was you're also not going to get you know told I don't know like Bella is like a great example of like just the direction everything I think is going in. This is a a, a girl who's same with like Maude and 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 then Steve Aoki too. He's like a real entrepreneur. Like yeah. like okay, so this is one thing that all three of those people have in common, right? Mm -hmm. Steve Aoki, Bella, and Maude, right? Yeah. They all make music. Yeah. But Bella has a book out. She's an actress. She also has a weed brand and a makeup mm -hmm. brand. Maude sells yeah. poetry. He's also what well, he does a bunch of, he sells like custom artwork that he does to his fans. He has like, he's like active on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like, dude, Aoki has like a label. He has a pizza company. He's like, you know, it's <laughs> like, these, it. these are people, yeah. we work with all three of these people and a, a bunch of other ones too. But like, it's just like, you're not, the landscape is changing. And like you, I liked how you put it uh, independent, like the, the budgets are going, getting lower and there's, there's room to do more things. Yeah. So my motto is like, all right, if we're going to be shooting pull... a video for like an artist, that's like low budget, which they always no, are. No, no, no. But I was saying that the budget's coming away from ESPN advertisement on like whatever random flagship show or, or history channel like that. Let's shoot this commercial for like chocolate milk and like, slap our advertisement in the middle of some TV show. Like the budgets are coming away from that to like more focused, more targeted digital mm -hmm. audiences with analytics behind it showing. So mm -hmm. I think your guys's budgets are going to go way up. Right. Maybe mm -hmm. they will, but they're going to pull now, that money out of that and say, this stuff is like, we don't right. have data on this. We don't right. know if people even <laughs> like this. Well, like, for, but for now I'm going to, um, use, what we're doing as a way of building our brand. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we're on these shoots, I think that there's, um, 
a high demand for people to, you know, want, that might want to see what it's like to shoot these videos. Like, what is it like working with Bella? What is it like yeah. inside of a production studio? So, you know, not, not everybody is like into that, you know, the behind the scenes, like cameras around and just kind of like documenting, but you hear people like Gary Vee talk about it all the time. Like if you're not documenting what you're doing, right. like you're, you're mm-hmm. missing out on like a whole it's yeah. like yeah. what everyone does with their life. They're, everyone's on Instagram. It's a reality. So whatever. Yeah. You've got to be in the face of all that stuff at all times. What do you think? I mean, I, especially with behind the scenes and like paying attention to what's going on behind all of the production, it was always big for me when I was younger. I would always watch like behind the scenes of Harry Potter, behind the scenes of oh, every music video that ever right. came out. I was more excited about the behind the scenes because wow. yeah. one, I got to see the artists that I was interested interact with yeah. the people that they were filming with. And then I also got to see how they right. shot all this cool content. And so, I mean, I always thought that was like a no brainer. Candid. Watch. Yeah, yeah. Candid stuff. That's, I, I think that's cooler than like candid. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, like, uh, what brought you to wanting to be in this? You're like, what, what made you say like, I really do want to do this. This is like, what this is what you like? You love movies and shit. Yeah, ever I mean ever since I was really young, I was really into like acting and theater and that kind of stuff. So when I was really young, I was like I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to act and I'm going to do all this stuff cuz mm. I don't know what I want to do and actors get to pretend to be whatever they want. Mm. Um but then as I got older, I was like actually how cool would it be to be the one telling people what to do mm. and like actually shape these films that like these big names are in or see my name on a marquee or something like that. Yeah. But I guess just with like, as I, my, I mean, my dad was always really into showing me like good films and good content. And so I, I think I just got into like really good cinema and yeah. I love charger. This is about to die. I love having fucking story yeah. every time. I love. I just Sorry. love having conversations about like movies. And so all what? That stuff. What like like for example, what? I mean, I. I'll what always, were you watching? Like, were you? You said you were into theater and shit. Acting yeah. Before you got into movies. I mean, it was kind of all the same for me. Um, <clears throat> I, I when I was like really young, I I was always on stage like with my church and that kind of stuff. Uh, like before you got into films yeah like I mean as like an elementary school kid that's kind of what I was doing and then I mean the very first I think movie series that I was so into was like Harry Potter and Mm. Pirates of the Caribbean and the production for those movies is are insane yeah it's insane so little I mean so so, so when you when you sorry to cut you off when you watch the behind the scenes on those um, particular or Harry Potter for example what did you get from that I (laughs) I think I felt more like it seemed like what were you watching like like what did you see first of all well, I mean, I would. It, it's not like I was watching the behind the scenes that they put like on the DVDs. I'd search for literally anything on YouTube, uh, so I could watch like, um, you know, the last few scenes of that were ever shot of the like the last movies as they like say goodbye to these sets. 
Um, and so it was more like wa- watching them do stuff with the green screens and like how they got, um, you know, the stuff on what riding a broom. Yeah, riding a broom <laughs> is so interesting. Like, it just I don't know. I, little you add it to the notes. Okay, but like I'm, what I'm what I'm what know, I'm yeah. trying to get at is like that. I, I I I guess I guess you already probably know this by now, but like that's just such a fucking big. No, yeah, it's like out of this world. Corporate, like it's, it's insane. So hard. I don't even. I kind of I I think I, I think there's different. It scares me off more than anything. I yeah. mean, when I was really young, because I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna. But yeah, but I I do think that like I I don't know like I think there's different ways of getting there, mm-hmm. right? There, there's the one way which is like. Just like, you know, the mailroom, like work your mm-hmm. way up the ladder. But I, but the way I want to get there is by like actually making mm-hmm. art and then building my own platform and my own becoming my own getting notoriety by the art I'm creating rather than like playing the relationship game. Yeah. And, and, um, I just think that, like, like for example, Quentin Tarantino, like, wrote mm-hmm. scripts that were good and got in there. Like, um, Harmony Corinne, like, was, like, making films. Like, even even Louis C.K. just started making shitty movies. Even, like, Steven Spielberg. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really don't know what the, um, what the, pa- what, 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 how, how to, uh. I definitely have a lot of friends that are like, you know, in that, in the industry and mm-hmm. I don't know, but, um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, we should, uh, we should start really trying to like make more stuff. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, do you have anything like that you would want to make or have you ever like acted or are you like, yeah, I mean, I used to act in like high school. Really? I mean, cause I did a lot of theater and then at school, whenever we do like student films, I'll jump in and, but you're like totally comfortable like, like being filmed. And, yeah. Like, you don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like whatever to me. If yeah, someone asked me dope. to jump in on a scene, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> but, or even like around. No, our, yeah. That's like really dope. And that's like perfect. It's perfect. Actually, the last girl we had, um, before Valerie and actually we had Allison who was really cool. Actually, nobody cared about that. Well, I guess if they did, they would probably be out pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen, do you know who Rudy is? No. We have a Ridge, we did a Ridge Models on her, actually. Um, She's like a blonde girl. It's the one that's black and white. Oh, she's the girl in my movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rudy. Mm -hmm. She's like the girl that like, I had her like pretending like she was smoking heroin in here with the, on the, with the, uh. We had like vape juice on the tinfoil yeah. and she was like upstairs. I had her pick me up from the hospital when I had my, uh, I had like an endoscopy mm-hmm. and we used that as a, as a, um, a way to film a scene. Mm-hmm. So I had, her, I, I had her pick me up and we made it seem like it was an overdose. Yeah. And, 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 we, and I had Mike like filming her, like picking me up from the, the, um, like dude in the beginning, like. Before shit got like crazy, like we were like, I was really shooting, trying to shoot this movie, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it was like dope. And then like some of the guys that, um, well, fish shot some of the stuff and, and Mike and yeah, it's like, it's just hard, you know, because 
I think we've kind of gone as far as we can go with that. And now obviously me and Alex are trying to raise some money for it. But I think that like, there's definitely room to be shooting more small shorts. Yeah. And like, I definitely want to do more of the uh, clout chasers anonymous meetings that we can just sort of heighten the, uh, but I kind of need, I don't know if you want to help me with this, but like, I kind of need like, like someone who can push me or like <laughs> us to like do certain things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like if, if you want to do something and you have an idea, like we mm-hmm. will do it. We just need, <laughs> we just need to be like, I just need to be reminded yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I need to give you the authority to delegate certain tasks mm-hmm. and I will pay people for the day or whatever. Yeah. And I think everyone will be excited to do to try to shoot an idea mm-hmm. yeah. to mic some people up, you know, get some shots, get this person saying this, switch the camera, get this person saying that you go and you edit it. We used to do a lot more of that. Yeah. Um, and, and it just got to the point where like, we're just busy doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I even feel like right now we're kind of, uh, things are kind of slowing down mm-hmm. in between trade shows or whatever. We just finished complex con and, you can kind of feel it when there's like yeah like, little downtime yeah and stuff like. but it's it's also cool to have like the podcast and the YouTube and the show see because those are those are ways that we can like like actually build a following so that when we do make the shorts there's well, an actual audience that can yeah. watch them so yeah. that's yeah, kind of like no, absolutely. My, my my whole dream and I think we all should just stay engaged and be tagging each other and just like mm-hmm. you know for sure. <laughs> That's what it's all about, that co-collaboration between, like, accounts and, like, pushing people into a singular destination. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, look, I just think a team uh, of people is just so much more powerful than, that's how I've always thought about it. Like, that's why I was in, like, a band and, you know, you have, like, a manager, an agent, and a lawyer, and you have the label, and you have all these people helping this, this common goal and you know one i could just go be a director or like a Mm -hmm. cinematographer but i just feel like me alone like that's not i would much rather that's another thing i want us to be doing i want us to be like an agency sort of that reps like noah's pitching a video for mod son and Mm -hmm. elephant heart right now he's putting together a thing because he wants to do the video and i'm just like cool yeah you do Mm -hmm. the video like tony wants to do a music video what do you want to do? Like, you should do it. Like, we'll help f- facilitate it, mm-hmm. but like, you can do it. Like, CJ's doing music videos. Like, I want to do one for him. And then also, if he wants to do one, if you want to write some shit, like, I want, you know, like, I want to be able to represent different artists and help get work for the people that are working at Ridge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No, I feel, I mean, a lot of the stuff that... That's like the dream. Yeah. yeah. No, of course. And I feel like when you've got a team like that, especially at Ridge, where everybody has cool ideas and everyone supports everyone having cool ideas, yeah. I think that's, I mean, the best way to go about, you know, having yeah. a creative team. For sure. I, I mean, I like being a part of it, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially. It's just crazy because I don't really know... I almost kind of want to do a little bit of research to find out. I think the hardest part is like 
the sales part, the outreach mm-hmm. part, getting the clients, convincing people. And we have this like crazy portfolio right now where like you can literally pull anything from like a brand video, commercial music video, event recap, uh, you know, documentary thing that we did, you know, we, you, whatever you're trying to get, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're aiming for like this over here and you want to get this person you want to do that there's there's work to back that up so we can like get those jobs also that's another yeah. thing I'm, I'm always encouraging everyone to like, like Troy just brought in some client yeah you know who they are right or maybe you don't the CBD stuff yeah yeah like we're gonna be doing that with yeah. them mm-hmm. so I don't know if you know anyone I just always want to people to think like literally like you I want you and everyone else to be comfortable going out and and like yo like this is this is like not just like a company i work at like Mm -hmm. this is like this is like my um i think you're still maybe a little bit young i don't know Mm -hmm. if people would believe you if you said like (laughs) this is my company yeah but like you could like we've said this to people before like you go out and say like yeah this is my company or you know this is this is uh you know, my, my job is to like get clients and work and this is the stuff that we've done. And would you be interested mm-hmm. in letting us do a job for you? I mean, you could even send out emails or if you meet someone, yeah. I just want to encourage everyone to like be out there getting that money. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. because if you yeah. do get a, a job or a client or an opportunity to like, um, then it's like, that's your thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You run it, you get yeah. whatever percentage. Uh, and for anybody listening that might not be familiar with like how this industry works inside out, like a huge portion of like getting these jobs are literally people in the trenches doing exactly what Pat's talking about yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Like hitting the ground running with concepts and pitching them to I, brands. Is I massive. mean, the, the, the weird part or the, the, the thing that's been the most like, pivotal or the most important part of how we've been able to get work is Mm -hmm. just because of the fact that me and Tim, like we have so many people that know us that are either friends with us or believe us because we've, you know, done all these other things. Mm -hmm. Um, so Hemper, Ty, if you listen to this, bro, these are the guys that I was talking about. Collaboration coming soon. Who's Hemper? <laughs> huh, Hemper is like a direct to consumer, kind of like uh, the box that you were telling me about with the different meats that they send you curated meats. Oh. So these guys do the same thing, but with like cannabis accessories. Oh. Like yeah. glassware and stuff like that. The and cannabis shit is crazy. It's crazy right now. And I just took a deal with these guys to do some. Thank you. Adventure stuff. Alex, would you grab me that iced tea too, dude? That's right there. That black cup. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Appreciate yeah, you, bro. Let, 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 let's, let's explore that. But um, I just want to jump into like Disney real quick. So what's mm-hmm. like your favorite? Anything on Disney? Like, I... where, where would you start with your experience? I, don't, I mean, I guess I'm in the generation that Disney was really big when I was younger. I mean, I grew up watching The Little Mermaid, Lion King, all those, you know, classic Disney movies. But then I also, I mean, I feel like was in the, 
I grew up in the prime of Disney Channel with like even mm. Stevens and Lizzie McGuire, Kim Possible, Hannah Montana. Wow. And like all of that like built my childhood, I feel like. Yeah. And so now with Disney Plus, I these are all shows that I've been trying to watch, you know, looking up random Lizzie McGuire episodes or Kim Possible episodes on what, YouTube, just so you can get like a five minute clip of really? it. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I you mean, can't I used to watch, watch those anywhere. They were nowhere, and so I mean, Whoa. I I used to watch Kim Possible with my dad. Like that's this is just stuff that I it was so nostalgic to me. And so when I heard Disney Plus was coming out with all this stuff, I mean, my dad was like, over all of the subscription services, this is the one that I yeah. feel like is most worth it. And you live sure. with your dad right now? No, my my family's all in South Dakota. But so where do you live? I live on campus. Where? In Thousand Oaks at Cal Lutheran. Huh. Yeah. With Cal I mean, Lou. just like my girlfriends. School. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you have like a little dorm or something? Yeah. We have like an apartment style dorm. So it's better than just like one room. We all have our own room. We have a living room, kitchen. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm super stoked for... I just... It literally came out last night and I've already watched Kim Possible, Even Steven, Sweet Life, Zach and Cody, and then like a little bit of the new High School Musical series. Uh. <laughs> and my other friends, like I haven't stopped watching it all day and there's wow. so much on there. I was getting chills going through the entire list last night. Whoa. It's just crazy. giant. It's crazy that they have this humongous vault archive. The, mm-hmm. Like... Stuff that was film, even, and they've scanned it and digitized it and turned mm-hmm. and they have that. When you don't That's even crazy. realize some of the stuff that Disney owns. Yeah. Like, I was going through that list and I was like, I didn't know that <laughs> this yeah. would be on here. It was insane. For sure. But, I mean, Disney takes over the world, so I shouldn't yeah. be, I'm not surprised. For but, um, So, Apple. Plot. Well, yeah, right now we have, there's a few, it's the streaming wars mm-hmm. right now with, with Absolutely. Disney Plus. So, but, but so, so a, a lot of this Disney stuff wasn't available. Mm-mm. They like, had, like, what if you wanted to watch like the little mermaid? I mean, I, I don't think that was really on any street. I mean, you could buy it if you, I mean, you could probably go on Amazon prime. You could buy it. You, you could, could buy, buy it from anything. You could buy it from. Yeah. yeah on iTunes too. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. And so. Actually, and I mean, everyone owns what the VHS version of. Yeah, but I, 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 I feel like a couple of years ago, all the Disney like films like became available to buy. Mm-hmm. At some point, I kind of remember when that happened. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they kind of revamp a lot of stuff, and so as they come back, I feel like, especially with the live action films, they also. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like they get amped up as in the old cartoon will become more exciting again and so you'll want to watch the original and then watch the new version mm-hmm. yeah. um but i mean i'm always going to prefer the cartoon to the to the new style. live action but that's just how yeah. i grew up yeah, so, so scary's jungle book oh my gosh <laughs> the new one i oh, the new dude one. there was times in that movie where like legit i forgot that like animals didn't speak like in my <laughs> mind animals spoke in that moment like i felt like i was gonna look over at my dog and be like hey like can you grab that for me dude and it was just gonna be like yeah sure you know <laughs> Wait, jungle book did you see the new one well uh, yeah i want to say i did um i think uh john favreau directed so. it 
right? I, think, I don't remember. I think so. Can we get a fact check real quick on that? John Favreau? Who was it? Uh, on the uh, Jungle uh, Book. Uh, Alex got it. I just wanted to, before we get the... Before we get into that, I just wanted to ask you about Hannah Montana. <laughs> uh-huh. I love Hannah Montana. I and, mean, I grew up with it. But then you saw her become Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. And how was that? Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's what I do. I tell you who directed The Jungle Book. Yeah, you, I did see it, and it was really good. And I'm like, almost like, I'm almost like, was it all live action? I mean, it was, it was mostly like, CGI. But it was, like, so CGI. good that, that it, it didn't look it like, felt it. like I, it. I almost remember it as, like, animation. Like, really good yeah. animation. Yeah. I mean, they only had one... Human character. One actual character yeah. that just interacted yeah, I, with CGI. I, I remember the bear. <laughs> I feel like that. I remember thinking the bear was a lot like my uncle. Really. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, like, a cool guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember that. And there was a, there was a, there was a mountain or, like, a rock cliff at one point. Yeah. Right. The well, bear, the, they were trying to... The monkey or the orangutan, whatever, was terrifying. I don't yeah. think I've ever been that I, I, scared. Right? I think that was Christopher Walken. Yeah. Yeah. And I've yeah. never felt uncomfortable with, like, Christopher Walken as an actor, but I think that character is the scariest, scariest character. character he's ever played for me. I just yeah. wish he's, they went full walking with it and it was like, hey, yeah. you know, bring me that bowl of food. I'm going to that bowl of fruit. I'm going to stab you in the face with an ice pick or something like crazy right, like that, you know? Right. I missed with that one. That was a threw it out there and I heard it in my mind just singing. (laughs) No, but like they can't, you know, actually, yeah, yeah, they probably could have. I mean, I noticed it was walking when when I heard it, but I think they're trying to stay true to the, uh, to the character. character. Yeah. So, so, so what, what, what was the Miley Cyrus thing? Like when you, um, I mean, at first, I mean, this was so long ago. I feel like I always really liked, her as like a character and as a person i think the only time that i was ever like who is this now was after the whole like wrecking ball thing and Mm. like what was it that song was it 23 or something Mm. um was the only kind of era of miley that i didn't really relate to but that's just because i was young and she was getting into things that like i as a young person wasn't um but now again, when she's coming out with all the stuff she's coming out with now, I feel like she's just blown up. And now, um, I mean, even with what her divorce after a year, and then wait, she got married. Yeah, she got married to Liam Hemsworth, and then got divorced a year wait, later. Yeah. Wait, so who's that? Is that the that's Chris He's Hemsworth's the younger, brother? Yeah, the younger Hemsworth brother, Thor. Thor. The younger the the brother of Thor. So who who's that? He was in the he was in the Hunger Games. He was in a movie with Miley Cyrus when they were really young. So they they had like a ten year. Who was he in the Hunger Games? Gale. Like the dude. He was. He was the the other dude. Was was he? He was like he was like up there in the dudes that were. Yeah, it was. Can I see a picture of him? Yeah, easy. Um. So so she married that guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How old is she now? She's got to be. I don't know. Probably about 10 years older than me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the good looking dude. Yeah. He was the one that, I mean, I was rooting for. He's not Peter. He was kind of like the bad guy, maybe. You remember how disappointed you were with Peter? Yeah. Is that his name, Peter? The thing was, 
I I had so many conversations about this. It was like PETA could never <laughs> or Gail could never win because he didn't share the same trauma that like yeah. Katniss and PETA did. So right. it was like you're gonna be upset about it, but Yeah. The books always made sense. The books always made sense, huh? I never read the books, but like I know a lot of people that did read the books and they said that the books were like really sharp. And oh, like, they were amazing. Yeah. I remember after reading the the third one, I was depressed for like three days yeah. just because it was so much and they were so good that they, they didn't go the way that obviously you wanted them to go. And right. I think as a young kid in middle school reading these like realistic books to like trauma yeah. and emotional like distress. Looking, like looking back <laughs> on these these books and the movies especially, I mean like with the visuals and everything, it's just like whoa, these were really dark. They like, are so dark. These are, these are stories of, like, a revolution, basically, like, taking mm-hmm. place, like, in, like, internment camps by district, and, yeah, that's that's a that's a wild concept. I mean, not far, I don't doubt we're far from that. Yeah, it's, it's heading that direction, huh? Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's getting crazy with all that stuff. I don't think Pat wants to get, Pat walked away right now to, right, as to we go talked handle about some the business, but, yeah. <laughs> Go down that direction. We'll talk about Miley Cyrus more. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that, this buzz side, that sick mohawk girl. Like, um, yeah, we were just watching on Disney Plus. That what was that thing called? It was. <laughs> I'm gonna tell the story. She's up. so sick of hearing me talk about this right now. I just think it's so funny because I understood everything that was going on. Um, I pulled up. We were looking through, you know, like all the Descendant, or it was called Descendants, Descendants, the little clip that I pulled up, but we were watching Disney like through the decades, and there's this like nine minute little Descendant short called Under the Sea, and oh, so man. I clicked on it, and he <laughs> I have no context as to what is happening in this short show called Under the Sea, <laughs> and to me it just looked like just a bunch of randomness unfolding before my eyes with like no character relation whatsoever, and uh, she she guided me through it afterwards, I kind of, it was clear what, what exactly was going on in the whole, but it just got so crazy, I, rec- <laughs> I don't know, what was the, it was Under the Sea, Under the Sea, which I, I never got my song, by the way. I was waiting oh, yeah. for that song under the sea. Like I was waiting for that to break out, is and it, it just never happened. For a, me. Is it a Little Mermaid? No, it had nothing to do with. I mean, it oh, kind of. It's it nothing sad. to do with the Little Mermaid. Yeah. It did though. It, it had did. the girl. It like was, had the. I mean, Descendants is all. <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this on. Huh? But Descendants is all about like, um, the kids or like the next generation after like, the, oh, the classic disney villains and the classic disney princesses and princes and so it's just all the kids like interacting and fighting and whatever yeah <laughs> is, is that what you, you watch that or yeah <laughs> is that a show it's like i mean because i used to nanny kids so i the second movie came out while i was nannying and they were so into it they watched it every day oh man and so for an entire were month, you already beyond that point at that point you're nannying like you're yeah. beyond the scope <laughs> of being like this is super interesting i as was far so as it into it oh were you <laughs> well, so into i was it? after oh. i watched it every day i mean these kids were acting them out like with the movie they would sit there completely intrigued 
the entire time for like two hours would act out the entire film and they'd be like kaya get in here with us and i'm i mean as the nanny of course i'm gonna yeah (laughs) act out with these kids this like ridiculous disney channel movie but now i got my friends into it and now they're kind of tired of it but Uh, (laughs) but yeah i knew exactly what was going on all because of the little kids so what shows are you watching Right now? Yeah. I mean, so that's one of them that you liked? Yeah, Descendants. Um, otherwise... It's called Descendants? Yeah. So it's like, not called Under the Sea? No. That was just something... It's like a nine-minute clip. If you're... Go right now if you have Disney Plus and put that on. Stop everything that you were doing. Mm-hmm. Put that on and rejoin us here so that you can know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. That was probably the most random thing I could have clicked on. So, yeah. I mean... Your reaction was well worth putting on that random. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. But So what other shows are you? I mean, right now, I'm just excited for all of the, the 90s stuff on there, the classic, like, original Disney Channel stuff, like Luck of the Irish, 13th Year, um, even Stevens, The Proud Family. Wow. Like, all that old stuff that you forgot existed. I don't know any of that. Any of that. <laughs> yeah. So what's even Steven? I know even Steven. That's the one with Shia LaBeouf. Oh. Yeah. There's also a Disney Channel original movie called True Confessions that has Shia LaBeouf in it. And he plays a kid with, like, a mental illness. Mm. And is the most... I, I remember watching it at 2 a.m. because it was one of those movies that didn't really like nobody really knew about and my friends and I just started watching it and it's this I mean we just see Shia LaBeouf playing this little kid and we were so confused but it's probably one of the best Disney Channel movies I've ever seen speaking of awesome digital content have you guys watched uh Shia LaBeouf on Hot Ones on YouTube I haven't it's the most amazing like that like shout out to Shia LaBeouf for being like the most entertaining human being I've ever seen in my 100%. entire life. Like, yeah. so you love Shy. Yeah. Have you seen the new uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon? I haven't yet. Everyone's been telling me that it's well worth the watch. Yeah, that's great. You see Joker? Yes. That you like it? I loved it. So good. Yeah. So that was good. amazing. So, like, what's your uh, r- r- like? Why did you like that so much? I think... You like that dark sh- kind I, of shit? Yeah, I really like yeah. dark. Really? Yeah. Do you have any like any experience with that in your life? or? Not really. I think more... I mean, yes and no. I I went through more of a like anxiety kind of sort of depression yeah. sort of phase. A phase um, that comes and goes, you know. When, 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 um, when, and what's that look like and what's that all about? Well, when I was younger, mostly in high school, um, I mean, I, I don't know if I had anything to do with feeling stuck where I was or because um, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. But as I was going through it, I kind of realized there were signs when I was younger that I should have recognized that maybe I'm like a very anxious person. Like what? Um, well, just, I mean, getting, like, super anxious for, like, really small things that I didn't need to be anxious for and, like, I mean, shaking before I'm going to, like, uh, stand up in front of class, which, I mean, yeah. I feel like is normal. But then as I got, I I think I really started to notice it when I, I'd be sitting in class and we were just, like, reading a play as a class together. 
And I started to feel like I needed to just get up from the room. I started to feel sick. Yeah. I started to feel like lightheaded. I was like so warm that I felt like I needed to just like put water all over my face. I couldn't really breathe. And I was just sitting there like shaking. Mm. Yeah. And so I got up. We like took a break in the middle of the class and I left and I didn't come back. I was just like sitting in the bathroom trying to figure out what the heck was wrong with me. And soon my, my teacher like figured someone should probably go check on me. And I ended up just walking around the hallways talking to try to calm down with this girl that she sent until I was like fine. And then it didn't, I didn't really even, I was given, you know, like meds for it, but never even took them because I was like, I don't really want to. So you don't take anything? I don't take anything for it. I mean, I, I kind of dealt with it on my own, you know. Um, and, I mean, it's after, you know, conversations with my mom and conversations with friends, it was easy to, or not easy to come back from. But, like, yeah. once I kind of dealt with it, it was something that I I can pick out and I know what I need to do when I'm feeling that way to the point where if I, if I need someone, I'll tell them, but I can control it fairly well. So what, what, what do you, how do you notice, what do you think it's about? I still to this day don't really know where it came from, but I feel like it has to do with some sort of fear of, um, loss or like rejection almost. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm and I'm not scared of like being by myself per se, but like being alone in general and like not having people around me that to like turn to if like need be. Yeah. Um which is never something that I ever really had to worry about, but I think I mean it's always to some extent I know it's irrational, but my head doesn't know it's irrational in at the time. Um, but so you're in class and you're reading with a bunch of people. Yeah. And then it just, it literally came out of nowhere and I still to this day don't know what set it off. Mm. Um, and that's just the one that was, I think the most, that's not, you don't, well, and then months later wasn't, it wasn't until months later that I really realized I had, I needed to like go probably talk to somebody about everything that was going on. I was at home. Um, I used to go home like during a free period at school and I got so upset. I knew there was no way I was going to end up going back to school. I was like bawling and I called my mom and I was like, I need you to come home right now. I'm not okay. And I don't know what's going on. And so she like came home and she was like, stay home for the day. Um, like rest and we're going to call someone and like, you can, you know, like have conversations with someone to try to figure out like what's going on. And then who did you call? Well, I talk. I started seeing a therapist for a while. Um, did, did you have like uh, any friends that you that have experienced stuff like this? Mm-hmm. So many. Yeah. I think after after that, um, or especially after moving out here, there are so many friends of mine that I've realized have kind of gone through the same thing, of like, you know, some sort of anxiety or depression, sort mm-hmm. of phases and how old were you i was i think 18 17 18 and you were like obviously on social media Mm -hmm. and like uh oh yeah i mean i've always told i mean i've had these conversations 
with <laughs> so many people. I feel like social media especially has become such a detrimental thing to the youth of today because where I mean like even when I was really young um there wasn't any social media or like any sort of devices that I could go to instead of hanging out with my friends and so when I was young we'd run outside and we'd play with sticks pretend they were wands and like all this stuff and I'd Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. creativity imagination but now it's been harder I feel like for kids to be more imaginative and like go do these things because they're given all of this stuff on a screen. Yeah. And instead of, you know, saying, Hey, maybe I should go call up a friend and go play outside. They're like, well, I can talk to my friend on this device in my hand and I can stay at home and I can also watch TV on another screen right in front of me. And so you're losing this like interactive social aspect and all these kids. And so it's not that they feel alone, but they feel alone because they don't really realize that they're actually not getting any social interaction. And so if they're not getting likes on Instagram or if they're not getting messages from their friends, then it's like, Oh, well nobody likes me because nobody's messaging me, but you're not with anybody. It's not real. Yeah. It's all like synthetic. If you want to call it that. That's so interesting. Well, a fucking like is so easy to, to, I mean, okay, like, it's just, like, literally takes someone a second, mm-hmm. and they're just moving on. Instant gratification. No, no, I but mean, I'm, what, I, what I'm saying, though, is, like, okay, so you, you get a like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, th- that person may have literally not even watched your video, or yeah. even, like, they just glanced at the thing, and they just liked it, Let and it just go. kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, oh, cool, they liked it, but it doesn't really mean No, anything. it doesn't matter yeah. at all. Um, and I mean, I think Instagram, someone was telling me a couple of days ago, getting rid of the whole like feature. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. But I, I've also been hearing that Instagram is just like kind of becoming extinct. Yeah. And slowly. unshadow ban me right now. Instagram. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know if that's a real thing. Like, yeah, I have no idea. It's I just like, like they're, 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 I think, I don't know. I, I was listening to dramas podcast. I think it's called group, group, uh, group text or something, you know, drama, mm-hmm. you know, like Rob Deerdeck. Oh yeah. Drama is like his cousin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some DJ guy or whatever. He has a podcast and they talk about like all this shit, like, um, they talk about all the surface stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm actually way more concerned with like the emotional stuff mm-hmm. and uh, how we feel and like how we deal with this shit and like what causes it and like how we can overcome it. Like, how do you deal with that? Do you just kind of disengage a little bit or you, you were never, obviously it seems like you were never like too obsessed with that. No, I mean, Of course, when it became a craze, I feel like everyone at my age was sort of obsessed with it. They were. When when was Um, this? I feel like while I was in high school Mm. is when it really became a thing. Like a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'd say even like six, four, six years ago is Mm. when it really became um, a thing. Yeah, I mean, I was, that was... I was graduating high school, what, like three, four years ago. And so, I mean, I think. So what did that look like for you and your friends? 
Um, I kind of, I mean, at the time, I was so focused on getting out of where I was because I I wanted to go do bigger and better things mm. that I think I was so focused on the media that people here were putting out. And so I think I was focusing so much on, say, YouTubers or social media Uh people that were in L.A. doing what they wanted to be doing while I was stuck in a state where I didn't feel like I really belonged or really was hurt. Did you have friends that were, like, popular online in your school? I mean, it wasn't – it was never really like that. It was just, like – I mean, because I lived in such a small town, so nobody. That was everyone like, knew each other. It wasn't. There, there was like, nobody that had like a hundred thousand. No like, way. But was there even a person that had like the most? Um, like <laughs> there was a girl that went to like Nash, some like wrestling thing, and then got a lot of followers because she was a girl wrestler that like went out to like do this mm-hmm. cool thing. But I think that's the only girl. Or a person that I know of back from South Dakota that really had a following, if you could even call it that. I wasn't I wasn't Is surrounded by that. Wow, that's interesting. So I mean coming out here and meeting anybody that had, you know you know, a bunch of followers, one didn't really mean that much to me because that wasn't that didn't really mean much back home, but then two was like so weird <laughs> to think that like these people just yeah. gain such a following, I guess. Who? Oh, out here? I mean, just random people. Yeah, anybody. I don't even know. I mean, not even specific people, but yeah. just the way that it works is just so odd to me. I don't really understand how yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think a lot of it is um, like a facade. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, then, and then you can kind of tell, I don't know, it's yeah, it's getting really, really, really crazy. But I'm just like, it's just like crazy to me that um, the, the anxiety, like the ADD thing, mm-hmm. you know, like that's so uh, common with mm-hmm. kids like your age. I mean, I have it, and like mm-hmm. my friend Steve has it. I think our, our, a lot of uh, people my age to have not. I don't think not as much though, mm-hmm. not as many. I just think the younger, like I wonder yeah. what like kids in high school right now are dealing with. I I mean I look at my because I have three younger siblings, mm. and so I look at my sisters grades and the way that they're interacting with social media or interacting with all this new stuff and it's kind of scary really Um, why well I feel like when I was my sister's ages I mean I see my 12 year old sister with a smartphone and that's not something I ever would have had at that age Mm -hmm. I mean that's just the way that my parents raised me and then my other sisters on like social media, which is normal, um, but it's just so weird to me to see them interacting with a world that I, I feel like I probably as a big sister, I want to shield them from. Mm. Um, and it's not even that they're doing anything bad or they're interacting with like negative content. It's just that I know what's out there and I see all this stuff that I feel like you're you're my younger like pure sister i don't 
it doesn't mesh with yeah. like the crazy world of the internet for me. Right. right. There's but, a lot out there now, like right in front mm-hmm. of people's faces. That's like just younger. right under yeah, the surface. Right under the surface for sure. But I mean, I feel like I, I mean, I have these conversations with my mom all the time. She'll like warn me about social media and it freaks me out. I mean, especially when I'm talking to my mom about it and she's so scared, but at the same time I have to remind her that like I'm growing up in it. And so I do see the things that she's worried about and I'm not just like, it's not going over my head. Like Like what though? I guess she's always, she's always concerned about, you know, like trafficking and, you know, like random people coming across my Instagram account and, you know, trying to find me or something or like just, you know, just little thing. Yeah. Or, I mean, those aren't little things, but right. um, <laughs> she gets worried Is about that like a real thing. You think? Um, I think. Yes. I, I mean, I've heard stories. Pimps, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Like people that latch on to people through social media, or, like through followings and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. they're like almost digitally escorting them. Yeah. You know, really? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, you get club. I get club promoters in my DM saying like, "Hey, come out to these clubs this weekend. There's a table at this club." Really? Mm-hmm. All the time, Whoa. and I mean, it's, and I mean, I have I have a friend that's a promoter, and so I've been to clubs like with promoters before, and I I hate that feeling. So it going having some random person that I don't know saying, "Hey, come to a club with me, drink my yeah. free alcohol, and sit at a table and look pretty," yeah. sounds like so terrifying to me. Right. I would never do that, just like randomly. But, but so many girls would. Oh yeah, so many people, so many girls have no idea. Just like you see a, some promoter in your DM saying, "Hey, I'm with you know One Oak, yeah. which is a name that you know you hear." Right. And like, come to my table. Uh, you'll have free alcohol. Just like come yeah. on Thursday night. And so, I mean, that's a free into a nice club with free alcohol. So many girls would say yes to that. And yeah. I mean, I, I've I've done that with my promoter friend but I always went with people that That I knew knew. and trusted and so I was never going to go off and just you know risk that you know like so many girls I feel like do and so you never know who you're going to meet or where you're going to go or how that's going to end up Mm. what's going to be in the free alcohol that you're given all night yeah um and there's so many things I feel like you have to worry about especially with moving out here and I know that my mom back home in South Dakota is so scared of you know her oldest girl going out to LA and just like experiencing all of this on her own. Does she fall Does she watch all your stuff? Oh yeah. And do you everything. F- so you like, are, you think you're aware of that? I'm very aware of that. I mean, uh, I have, I've always been very careful about that. Cause I mean, I have, um, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not the type of person to be posting anything crazy anyway. I don't have anything that crazy to be posting. Right. Um, and I'm just very aware of the image that I put out. Um, and so, so all the girl, everyone's your age, all their parents are watching their shit. I don't think all of them. I think for most, most of them, yeah. And so, I mean, I, so all the girls that are like showing all their stuff and just like oh, yeah. being super sexy, all their parents are seeing all that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, wow, which I mean, for me, crazy, would be dude. so uncomfortable. And, and they're just like. 
Dude, because I've literally it's been, I, I've been kind of uh, going through some shit recently where where certain people are like, you know, you shouldn't be posting that, or like, you know, I've definitely in the past had had problems with like my stepmom and watching, not liking some of the stuff I because I go like mm-hmm. extra hard, um, with like just being honest about what I'm thinking and, and who I'm with and or so let's just like keep it down like a little bit I mean it's fine but like you know I, I'm hearing a lot in the background but I mean it's like probably nothing compared to what kids your age are going through mm-hmm. like their parents are probably freaking out and they're they can't stop it yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's probably especially if you're not there, you can't really do anything about what your kid's posting online except send them a text and say, hey, what was it that you just posted? Or, wow. hey, why are you wearing that? Or, hey, why are you like... And then at the end of the day, the kids are still going to do it. This yeah. is so crazy to me right now because I'm like... I don't think I've really fully appreciated or realized what how every like when i when, when when i get hit up on some shit like that mm-hmm. i'm like dude really mm-hmm. like don't fucking look it's just fucking mm-hmm. instagram like who cares yeah but like everyone cares mm-hmm. everyone cares when i'm always aware of that and so it's not it's not something i really wrestle with because it's easy for me to just be like hey i'm not gonna post anything weird i'm not gonna post anything that would embarrass me but then i look at my my i mean people that i know my peers i guess and (laughs) they they're doing whatever they want and they don't care and that's fine and I mean, kids younger than me are putting out things I could never imagine just, like, posting on Free the internet. Like, like what? I mean, you see, like, I guess the best example I can get is when you see those pictures on, like, Twitter comparing, like, me in middle school to, like, girls in middle school now that you could think were, like, 25-year-old women. Yeah. And they're, like, 13. Wow. Like, I wasn't wearing makeup at that age. I wasn't, like, I looked like a disaster when I was 13. I had braces. I had glasses. My hair was the size of a... (laughs) (laughs) I looked insane. So you're on Twitter? Yeah, I love Twitter. I like Uh, Twitter better than probably anything. It's just honest. And and, and they're showing uh, kids right now versus kids back then. Yeah, I mean, just comparing the generations is so interesting, I feel like. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just how, I mean, I feel like everyone's done that since you can always see a change, but. So, yeah, that's just crazy. Like, um, it's probably causing a lot of drama and, and rifts in families and so many things that we're not even, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean. Well, kids are getting into things like drugs and alcohol much younger than I mean and maybe that's always been a thing but I feel like as it's hitting my like kids and my sister's grades like much younger it feels like it's much closer and much younger than it ever was or I mean even with like jewels with kids that are like 14 sometimes I just think about like okay none of us in this house 
have even, I mean, you know, like Dom or like David mm-hmm. Dobrik or Bella, like we're t- they have millions. Mm-hmm. So that's like a thing. That's like where I feel like you got to be thinking about what you're posting. Yeah. Right. But like when you think about that number of the people that are actually seeing their posts compared to like any of us, mm-hmm. yeah. we're like so insignificant. That's crazy. Sometimes I just think about that and I'm just like, mm-hmm. who gives a fuck, dude? Like, what are you worried about? Like I no one's going to even fucking see it. Well, and you know? the thing is the difference. They have so many people that they don't know watching their content right and we have so many people that we know personally right. watching our content so it's the same, so it becomes yeah. people that i well, care they, well, about they also have people that they know yeah and they, and they probably only care about the people they know like we have yeah. the same people and right? so i mean i feel like when your entire following is people that you you care about their opinions about you, depending right. on who you are, then you're going to be more careful about what you're posting versus whether you're David Dobrik yeah. or That's like, Tana Mojo posting what your fans want and what the kind of content that people expect you to post because it's going to make you money. That's like yeah. literally like, that's like the struggle I'm having right now is like, mm-hmm. I do have a, a good amount of people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, you know, I'm not like there yet. You know, I'm like working on it. I'm trying to like figure out a way to get there. And in the process of doing that, um, I'm like really just not giving a fuck. Because mm-hmm. you can't yeah. really give a fuck. You can't give if a fuck. If you want to do, if you want to be entertaining and authentic and right. create like your own niche, you know. So I have like it's almost like the worst situation to be in because you're, <laughs> you're not benefiting from the same things that those big people are benefiting from, mm-hmm. but you're getting the same judgment that you would if you, you know, just had your family. Yeah. yeah. It's like hard, you know? Yeah. And then like the people like, you know, just just recently, I had a good close friend of mine, you know, Vic, she was on the mm-hmm. podcast last night, just, like, upset about this porno thing I went to. And it was just, like, this whole thing. It was like, dude, I just, like, went and vlogged my night. What's mm-hmm. going on? And she brought up all these, you know, things about how bad the porno industry is yeah. and um, what girls are, the reality of what certain girls are dealing with and and to 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 promote that or to i don't know like make a joke out of that Mm -hmm. is like not okay yeah um and i'm like definitely very influenced by you know Gigi allen sid vicious Mm -hmm. like black flag the misfits fucking Harmony Korean, Larry Clark, people that not only did they not give a fuck about anything about like that, but they were intentionally trying to create like shocking boundary pushing, you know, yeah. Andy Kaufman. Like, I don't know if you know any of these people, like, but you know, these are like crazy, like punk rock. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, you know, like Joaquin Phoenix, have you seen I'm still here? No, I haven't. You know, he, he basically like said, I don't want to be an actor anymore. I'm going to be a rapper. 
Mm-hmm. And he went and, you know, he, he, he got in with Puff Daddy and he went on the Letterman show as this like disheveled, bearded, <laughs> like Joaquin Phoenix. Great so actor. Good. This dude won a fucking Oscar for uh, um, the Gladiator. And mm-hmm. like he's now literally acting like a bum doing coke off strippers asses like in <laughs> yeah. the documentary and being a rapper and like that's one of my favorite films ever because it's just like the furthest you can go as an actor to embody this role and to be this person yeah. and to shock everyone and um so it's really hard for me to hear that like that the moral responsibility thing, but I'm trying to be open to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I'm trying to like have an open mind and be like, Oh, you know what? Like, yeah. Um, maybe I should have went and, uh, with a purpose. Yeah. To, to the party, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, with the, and you know, an example of a purpose that I could have went with, uh, would be to like, really have a conversation or have like, you know, one thing she, an idea she had was like, have some questions. Did I tell you about this? No. You know, like maybe you have three or four questions that you're asking these girls, like Mm -hmm. what's, um, something you're inspired by or what's, what's, uh, what are some of your favorite, uh, artists or books or authors or or, or movies or Mm -hmm. just really just humanize these, these women who are constantly being objectified. They're totally, they're porn stars. I mean, they're literally like, as soon as I start talking to one of them, I'm just thinking, okay, this girl is so comfortable with having sex. Yeah. She's like really good at it. It's hard to not. And they're, I mean, they're wearing, you know, they're practically half naked. They're wearing like nothing. Yeah. And and they're like, look great. Like they have these crazy bodies. So it's like hard to not, I mean, dude, like when I'm at EDC, bro, like it's, have you been to EDC or any of this, these, these festivals? I've been to a couple festivals. Dude, EDC Vegas. I mean, the girl, like there was this one girl who had like little pasties on her nipples Mm -hmm. and that was it. Like that was the whole outfit. It was just pasty. That was it. And like a tiny little G string, like, and her, she had like massive, like fake tits, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, she's talking to this guy and I'm like, there's no way this guy's thinking about anything else, but her being literally naked in front of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, how could you even think that there was any other thought? Yeah. I could definitely have a conversation with her and like, you know, try to be focused, but like, how do you, uh, how do you, ig- <laughs> how do you, ig- oh, how do you ignore shit. that? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. so to, 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 to have some questions or like, I want to have Abigail Mack on the podcast and I don't have a ton of females on the podcast. So I just mm-hmm. was kind of curious. I, ha- I had two on last night and you're on tonight. Mm-hmm. I had a, um, Mati, do mm-hmm. you know Mati? Yeah, yeah, she's really dope. She's a model. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, and, and she dates one of the Odd Future guys. Mm-hmm. So she's like really like in it, and she she I'd love to hear her perspective. I just want to really try to like get some feedback from a girl on like what you think about all that. 
if you have any thoughts on it. I mean, I, I, I mean, I grew up in a Christian household. Both of my parents are pastors. So, whoops. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, I mean, the way that I grew up, I, it's always been very modest to some extent. Can I get a paper Um, towel? I just spilled. (laughs) Sorry. No. Um, but I'm also, I, as I got older, I always like to preach, you know, I want women to do what women want to do. If like women are out there, right. Porn stars and that, that's their choice that like, I've always totally been like, do whatever you want with whatever that's your, you know, yeah. whatever. But, um, that doesn't mean that I have to like it or partake or, right. Right. So you don't like so, watch porn? Or no, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm not into that. But that doesn't that I would never ever tell a woman like, don't do that. That's wrong. Right. I do think that there is a, you know, negative side to the porn industry. Of course. Um, right. Which I mean, there just is with anything that has to do with like the sex industry or a- any um, industry. or any. Uh, yeah. Any industry. I mean, you look at film or yeah, and that yeah, has yeah. obviously a very negative side as well. Well, I mean, Joker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Joker was amazing, but like, there's a lot of like conversation around mm-hmm. so that. much stigma. Like, yeah. Is that, is that morally responsible to put out that movie? Yeah. Where there's I this mean, mentally ill guy that's like rebelling against like the upper class of society and like killing mm-hmm his mom and like other mm. people it's cr- like literally killing Robert De Niro's character on fucking camera. Yeah. Like I'm, I, we loved it, but like, I think, and I think that the people, I mean, I can't really speak for them. Like, but how I feel is like that any better than porn? I, I just, I feel like it speaks to such oh, because a, it's not real. I guess yeah. to some extent right. it's not real, yeah. but these, and these women are actually, actually having sex, yeah. which I don't know. Like there's a, part of me like this animal part of me that's like okay well if that's what you're wanting to do then how is that any different than acting or kissing someone in a scene i mean if if, if it's not if if it doesn't mean any more than that mm-hmm. to you who am i to say that it yeah. does mean more than well that? i mean you know what I'm i guess it's just, really it's just skin touching skin and the i mean i guess the best example to kind of compare that, I mean, if you look at what Game of Thrones, which has insane violence, but also like very graphic sex scenes, uh-huh. but it's not porn. Right. Whereas if you want to, this is so dramatic if you want to compare <laughs> it to that. But I mean, if you look at like videos of people actually killing people, right. that nobody would say that was okay. Right. Nobody yeah. would want to watch that. No, um, no there are people. There's exactly. Actually, and so when people, I was I mean, in high school, there was this thing called Faces of Death, and we would, like, watch it. Like, guys jumping geez. out in front of trains. And, yeah. Like, it yeah. Was crazy. Yeah. And so, there I mean. There was this whole, like, video thing getting passed around, and it was just, like, insane. this shock value that we mm-hmm. were all, like, it was way before the That internet. was, like, childhood curiosity, I feel like. Mm-hmm. That, right? like that was your, like, well, it's a morbid. Time. It's a morbid curiosity. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I like to, I lo- there's this one interrogation video. I want to let you finish what you were saying. No, yeah. But um, this guy, uh, Colonel Russell Peters or Colonel Colonel Russell. Will you Google what 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 his name is real quick? We just Google C O L 
Russell, Colonel Russell Williams, he was the head of all of the Air Force, Canadian Air Force. Mm-hmm. Like this guy was a fucking top dog. What's yeah. his name? I think I think you got it right. Yeah, Colonel Russell. So Steve, my my Donnie from Hypercar showed me this video, and this guy over the course of an hour gets basically he goes into this interrogation, and and the detective is like, yeah, this is just a formality, and through the course of an hour, you see this detective basically. Just break this dude's spirit. No, he breaks him. He gets him to admit that he killed these four women. And it's like all on YouTube. And it's just insane. And then after he admits it, he's like, one of them is still missing. He's like, where is she? And he's like, you can get me a map. And it was like after all this silence and like tension and like him processing that he was going to be found guilty and... Mm -hmm. You know, this detective did a master psychology job and it was, it's just such an incredible video. It's so Mm -hmm. interesting to watch, but it's so horrifying too, that this guy is going to be spending the rest of his life in prison. This Mm -hmm. person is out there. He's a monster. And then he goes into like super crazy detail of how he um, met and captured and killed each one of these women. And he just explains it all to this detective. There's just one part where he talks about. Yeah, I broke into the basement and I was like hiding in the basement. The cat came downstairs and the cat was like looking at me. And then the, the, the woman um, who he was stalking came downstairs and was like looking at the cat. Like, what are you looking at? And he was like in the shadow. Like, oh. like, and he's explaining Shit. this. And that is like a real, that was like one of the most horrifying. I mean, and Every then like, woman's nightmare. Yeah, he's like, she, 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 walks yeah. Up to the, she walks up to the cat. And then like all of a sudden he comes out of the shadows and like hits her with oh. a with a uh, flashlight and then like so it's just like mm-hmm. you know right out of a uh, a horror movie but yeah. like i i I, uh, I will say that like that video there's just something about it mm-hmm. that is like super interesting but you were saying well i think you that were comparing well i mean i think that every th- i th- violence and all of you know the gore and the horror and is and sex is also interesting because we don't because it's been stigmatized and because we haven't talked about it. Mm. And so in the news, what do you see the most? You see violence and you see death and you see all this like negative stuff because it's so interesting to us because it's not something that we see in the forefront every day. Right. Whereas like you see people in like holding hands, walking around every day. You see people, I don't know, you might see someone get beat up on occasion, but all of that, like that's why horror movies are, so you know so important or important or interesting or even like movies about serial killers or all of those are so i mean that movie about ted bundy just came out Uh and even that was that was really controversial because throughout the whole thing you i mean they cast zach efron and everyone was really mad about that because they're like you're not supposed to like ted bundy yeah that entire movie, I was trying to figure out. Did you watch it, Pat? No. The it's entire so movie, good. I'm trying to figure is it really? out. Like, I really liked it. Because wow. you feel the whole time like, this is a movie about a guy who's innocent. Like, I'm waiting for yeah. them to be like, this guy's innocent. <laughs> and then, the, like, yeah, you just you got to watch it. Yeah. But it's like, that movie shook me. I was well, honestly. The thing I really liked was that you went through her journey of learning who he was yeah. and how bad of a person he was. It's crazy. And it's based off of her book. She went through that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a real thing that happened to a human being. Like, can you imagine 
being married to somebody or being in a relationship with somebody for that long and just have no idea you don't even know and i mean you're in denial under i mean under everything you know i mean i'm I'm assuming but um but at the end of the day she just doesn't want to believe it because this is someone that she loves and trusted around her her child yeah and i mean i i think that ending scene where he writes um what was it? It was just saw. like something the on chainsaw. The chainsaw, and, yeah. And then just puts it up and his eyes, like the look in his eyes changes. Yeah. And she's just she just loses Shook. it. Shook. That's the turning point in the whole movie. That's the whole reason they cast Zach Efron. Yeah. Because they want you to understand what she's going through. They want you to understand that Anybody you know could be a serial killer. Yeah. And you would have absolutely no idea because you love them and you want to trust them so much that at the end of the day, until they tell you, this is how I killed this girl, you're never going to know. You never know. I think it's so crazy, the psychology behind, like, how people end up in that situation, you know? Mm -hmm. Because not all of these people, like, there are more and more cases coming out where they're like... Oh, you know what? When we really analyze this person's like history, their upbringing, like there's no real consistency, and I wonder where mm-hmm. that comes from. Like, I know obviously like certain childhood difficulties and broken homes and things of that nature could certainly like influence that type of behavior. Certainly, you know? certainly. <laughs> certainly so so basically, sorry, you're no. saying. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, the psychology behind somebody, like, getting into that situation, like a Dahmer, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even think Jeffrey Dahmer had a bad upbringing, right? Like, I don't know he, that for facts at home. There's a, there's a movie on, I couldn't tell you what it was on, but it's called My Friend, My Friend Dahmer, uh-huh. I think. And it's about Jeffrey Dahmer as, like, a young kid going through, like... He, I mean, he used to, I guess, like, kill animals. Right. Which is always the, the telltale sign. of. But he know. didn't have any, but like, abuse or anything like not, that, right? Like, he just really, sort of, I like... I don't think. He was just, he, I think he was outcast. He was um, a weird kid. He was gay. And, I mean, in that, at that time, yeah. wasn't as accepted. Um Damn. So, I mean, I think Dude, it, it's just so crazy, like how many small, nuanced, subtle things that mm-hmm. can happen in your life that you can't like, you know, put your quite put your finger. Yeah, it could have been one moment. I, where, no, like, no I don't know. know. I don't know necessarily if it's like one moment, but I think like you could even just have like a mom or, or a dad that's just kind of like um, distant and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're on the surface. They're like. They're okay, but they don't really know how to show love in, in the proper mm-hmm. way. And they're like really, uh, you know, not, they, they don't, they're not encouraging their, everything is just a little bit, you know, not good enough ever. And uh, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. it's just like these, like, like I know for me, like my dad's great, you know, but like everything was always like, you know, you, you bring home all A's and there's like one C and he's like, Oh, what happened here? Mm-hmm. He's just kind of pointing out that one thing, you know, it's everything's, it's like, okay, he just, he's just a businessman. He's just uh, wants me to do better, but he mm-hmm. doesn't understand that like positive reinforcement and motivation is important for a kid. Yeah. So I never got that. And it, it, it shaped yeah. like who I am as like this insecure person who has to do tons of work and therapy to try to become, 
my own parent and know mm-hmm. that I'm good enough because my whole life was like, yeah. just like, not like you're a piece of shit, but just like the subtle, what else are you doing? Yeah. Like, well, how'd that, how, how, where's that going? Or, or never like good job. It was yeah. just always mm-hmm. a subtle, I mean, there's subtleties that can be super traumatic for someone. And I think there's also a chemical aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. We're you're not re- getting enough definitely. of. We're really, this is, this is really what I, this is what I really want to, we're getting into the good stuff <laughs> of what I think this podcast is like all about, you know, is exploring this type of shit. So basically what you're saying is to talk about these 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 things that are like taboo or mm-hmm. yeah i mean open up have a conversation about yeah. these things that nobody talks about because then while you're not looking while you may be saying well there's such a negative side to this you're also not talking about it because yeah. you don't yeah. want to talk about it at all and you don't want it to exist at all but you're not talking about either side well that's yeah yeah um what were you gonna say oh i I don't know. Well, that, was... that, that, that's actually why I think that like long form conversations, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a podcast or YouTube or just people sitting around a campfire um, talking about stuff that might be kind of uncomfortable. Like when mm-hmm. you started talking about your anxiety, I kind of like wanted to really explore that <laughs> just because like that's something that um, a lot of people listening mm-hmm. are like feeling yeah, and just yeah. knowing that it's like normal Mm -hmm. just knowing that like someone else is experiencing it is like just right there is actually helpful yeah to like so many people Mm -hmm. like almost I feel like especially when so many of my friends were like I deal with this I deal with that that you have also dealt with I feel I don't want to say justified but more okay with sharing it and then talking about it if I'm going through it again because that's someone that understands and that's someone that if I ever need them is going to understand that I need someone to kind of not drop everything but be more sensitive I guess in a situation where someone that's never experienced that is going to handle it all wrong and that's also I feel like I mean when I moved out here by myself I was handling it by myself And so as soon as I met people that were like, oh, no, I deal with that, too. Mm. It's like you create a community of people that aren't afraid to talk about it and also aren't afraid to reach out to you if they can tell that, like, you might not be okay. So so basically what you're saying is that's kind of the the key and how to deal with it is just to talk to people about it. I think so. I mean, I think being open. Yeah. 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 I think being open helps rather than you know stuffing everything away inside and never dealing with it until it blows up yeah because i used to do that okay um so just it sounds like that's like what would you stuff like it sounds probably like that's probably why that happened mm mm-hmm because i just wouldn't talk about yeah because i didn't know i mean i didn't have someone that i really or it didn't even have to be things that I felt like I needed to talk about. It was just like little things that I would get stressed out about and then I would never deal with it. Uh And I mean, it's at that time I'm what, 16, 17. And Uh so I'm an angsty little teenager that doesn't want to go talk to my mom about everything until I have to. Uh Um, 
And you don't have like friends. And I mean, and it's like, I, exactly. I had friends, it. but I didn't feel like I could go to them and be like, Hey, I feel like I'm going through something really serious. Like what though? I, I mean, is there anything that you would feel comfortable talking to? I, I mean, honestly, at that time I wasn't going through anything no, like but that it, insane, but, but it was like, real for you. It just felt, you know, like for crazy me, me. For, for me, it was like getting good grades. Yeah. I mean, I was always pushed as a young kid because I was, I mean, I was an honor student, still am. Um, And I always, I mean, I was always working so that I could um, get out of South Dakota and like move somewhere. I I mean, my dream was to go to USC and be a part of that film program, Uh which obviously worked out. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah. in the end, I knew I didn't really want to go there because I wanted to do something smaller and something more my speed. But um, mm. I always had like really big dreams that I think kind of um, scared me. Yeah. And so I overwhelmed me. myself. Me too. Yeah. And then I, I think I relied on certain people that when they like I had a friend that I was really close to. And when she went to school, because she was a year older than me, um, I kind of lost it because I felt Mm. like that was the one person that understood what I was going through and that would be there if I, like, ever needed them for anything. And now they're just gone. They're Mm. just across the country, and I'm never going to see them again. And and Um, did the the panic attack thing happen after that? The the second, like, really big one, yeah. Uh, And so it was kind of like... I don't really know what to do. And it wasn't until that moment that I was, that I was like, I can talk to my mom about this. I can reach out and I can tell her like, this is what's going on and this is why I'm upset. And I could be more open to my friends about it who I didn't even know were reaching out to my mom already saying like, I don't know if she's okay, but she seems really off. And like, Mm. I want you to talk to her. And so my mom would bring it up like subtly and it it wasn't until I I brought it up to her that she was like, yeah, I wanted you to come to me and like tell me that something was wrong. Basically, then, I'm yeah. bummed out because my friend left. Um, well, I I don't even think it was necessarily like just a friend. It was just like someone that I had never had a really close person like that before. Um, a really important, a close really friend important close person now. that that just disappeared, and then like a it girl. didn't feel like yeah, and it didn't feel like she really cared once she left. And so when I would reach out to her for stuff, she'd be like, "I'm busy. I don't mm. want to talk. Like I'm I'm off doing these things." And then she like cut me off for like Damn. three days just because she didn't she just didn't want to like deal uh, with me, or she was just busy or whatever. Well. Uh. It, it, when it came down to it, it was like I was young and she was off at a school on the East Coast and she had other things she was trying to yeah. do. And so do when I was like, was this a romantic person? <laughs> a little bit. Okay. But that like not, it that. wasn't like I realized that's what it, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, And so that was also like a huge thing for me was like, I don't know what. I'm doing, I don't know what this is. So you're saying you didn't realize it then, or is that not something you want to talk about? Or I, I think at the time it was a really big deal for me. And now I, I think it was a time in my life that I've, 
I, I don't know, it was like behind me almost, if right. that makes sense. Like it was, it was, you know, every young person I feel like has a moment where right. they're confused. Well, I mean, dude, I'll, I'll, but right. I, just so you know, I don't know if you, if you ever, this is actually a really good thing I think that you should talk about. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe, maybe it's not the best <laughs> maybe you don't feel totally comfortable talking about it on a podcast, but yeah. like, dude, like most of the girls that I know or have been with have mm-hmm. like been with other girls or are just straight up by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's no. Like, yeah, fine. absolutely. And I may not have had conversations about that. I just, I don't know if I could ever, I had a, classify myself as that just because you of, just had a girl that was really close to you and she left and, yeah and, 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 and i think it's like, like that for girls me. right like yeah girls like you know they can i mean my wife is pretty anything. much it's just spy. like oh me mm-hmm. and this person connect and like that's it you know yeah and so it's not like it ever would have right. been anything or like yeah. but it was an emotion it was more of someone that i relied on than it was a romantic yeah, yeah, for sure. But you um, love them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you like fooled around a little with them and shit. No. Oh, no. <laughs> emotional. No, it was just emotional. It was just like a really close right. friend. I mean, I I mean, I just also wasn't like that. Right. Um, and so it just kind of went from that. And so when they left and then when all of that happened, all of my friends reached out to me then and we're like, I hope you know that we're here for you. Right. Um, and, I mean, from then on, I've always known who I can go to. And I mean, like, yeah. for me, like, I don't, I mean, this might be kind of hard to, if, and if you have to, like, wrap it up. Just oh, no, know. no, I just don't I even do. know what time it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was looking at the watch. I was like. Shit, I don't know when's a good time to bring this up, but I've got to cut hair at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Just did. All right. We're, Peace we're out, everybody. Ryan Rich signing out. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know this, but for me, like, I got, like, there was, like, my, I had a pretty high grade point average. I got, like, straight A's, one, one, uh, mm-hmm. one, uh, but I was also, like, se- like, I was also, like, selling weed and, like, mm-hmm. kind of on some crazy uh, shit. Actually, this was right around the time I was saying earlier, um, when we were talking about the Disney thing, mm-hmm. like I, I had a, like a little like set up in my mom's garage and I would watch like the little mermaid on like this <laughs> old, like little TV. And, uh, I would have like, you know, I had like a few different girls. I was like having come over and it was like, yeah. how, are you, how are you not like, what are you doing with this fucking guy? He's living in like his mom's garage. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's obviously a drug addict. I mm-hmm. think I may have even had like dreads at that point. And, um, I don't know how I was able to like have girls around, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I was, uh, actually this was probably right after high school, but during high school I was still like, like school and success and, um, um, grades you know Mm -hmm. getting good grades and just it was so that was so much pressure on me and I just always was worrying about it I don't know Mm -hmm. for me I was just always worried about it and uh why I mean when I was in high school especially it was always school 
dance, theater, church, school, dance, theater, church. It was just like the cycle of like, I'm worried about, I would come home, I'd do my homework, I'd go do dance rehearsal, I'd go to theater rehearsal, I'd go to choir, and that was like my entire life. And so it wasn't, I didn't have time for literally anything else. I wasn't into partying. And so it was just focusing on doing really well in school and doing really well in like performance. Yeah. Um, and you didn't really have much of an issue with that. You weren't like into drugs or anything. No, none of my friends were. And so, so it was really easy for me to like. And you were just like pretty disciplined. You like did your, mm-hmm. did your thing. Yeah, I mean, my parents trusted me to the point where if I were if I was going to go out anywhere, I would I'd always ask. And I remember there was one point where my dad looked at me and he was like, "You know, you can just tell us you're going somewhere instead of always asking if you like right. want to leave." Um, and so as long as they knew where I were, they didn't care. When I came back, really, they were just like, oh, when you come home, turn the lights off, lock the door, let us know you're home, and that's fine. Whether it be at 10 p.m. or 3 a.m. Um, so, I mean, I had been disciplined when I was young, and so when it came to a point where, you know, most of my friends were having really strict curfews, I was I had a lot more freedom just because I wasn't into the kind of things that like other people were into, I guess, which I mean, I was kind of a goody two shoes. Right. (laughs) So so, so you never really struggled with like getting good grades or like you were always prepared for the most part. I think so. I think that might've been part of my problem was like, I would show up unprepared and I would be Mm -hmm. trying to cheat off like the person next Mm -hmm. to me. And like, I was worried about whether like they were going to smell the weed in my pocket. And it was just like, what are you fucking doing? Like, um, so what, what kind of music are you into right now? That changes every week. I think right now, I think that's kind of how it is for a lot of kids your age. Oh yeah. I, I really like, Right now, I've been really into very chill, sort of relaxed music, I think, because I've been so... Like Rufus Del Sol? I love Rufus Del Sol. Um, I've seen them live twice. Do you know they're like the homies? Are they really? (laughs) You know Jason produced like half that album? Did Did he really? Yeah. They're actually in his studio right now. You're kidding. Yeah, they're like cool. Like actually... Oh my gosh. You should have came to the Halloween party. He DJ'd. I saw that. Oh, you saw that? I was... <laughs> like, I walked up to him, and I was like, what up? Like, I, that was actually the moment. I'm so glad that we, we were able to get to this. I kind of wish we would have talked about this earlier. Maybe yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it next time, because, mm-hmm. like, I think that, like, we we didn't even, like, cover, like, art and culture, like, Mm-mm. really, you know? And I, yeah. I, I really wanted to with you. But, uh, dude, this dude, like, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like Jason started working with them, and he was like, yeah, like, I didn't... I'd never heard of them. How long have you... I, the first time I ever heard their music, um, was at a party at Coachella this past year. And Mm. then Odessa tweeted about Rufus DeSoul and they were like, if you see any set at Coachella this year, see Rufus DeSoul. And so I was telling all my friends, I was like, I saw them at this party last week. We have to see their set. Mm -hmm. They are amazing. And now all my friends are hooked on them. They're just, they're so good and they're so good live. It's so like ambient and like. Yeah, yeah. I just want to treat you bad. Mm -hmm. Jason wrote that song and produced it. 
That blows my mind. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you and, never and, know. And, and he did that song too. I did know that. I know, but it's crazy. That's insane. No, but it's like crazy that this it's, guy and he's yeah. doing all the elephant heart shit. He's he's doing so much yeah, that really, you just wouldn't really, know about. Oh, and and you know the Hobo Johnson shit. I don't know. Oh yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, um, just the new single. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I remember actually, we were there with Wickham and Nate when Hobo came by to meet him, and 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 Wickham, <laughs> Wick, or Nate was like met him out front, and then like after he on his way out, and then we're like, you know, that was Hobo Johnson. He was like, what? <laughs> it's just like really cool. It's really Jason's a great guy. Yeah, and, and, like it's just so fucking crazy because I remember when he first told me like, yeah. It's groups coming over Rufus. So I'm like, I don't know who that is. Like, who is that? He's like, yeah, they're like actually really big and like mm-hmm. Europe and like they're oh, fucking yeah. dope and like this is gonna be really cool. And if you read their their iTunes uh, description, it says like the song Mind. There's a song called Body Over Mind or something. Mm-hmm. Mind. What's it called? Uh, I think it's. Yeah, we should look that it sounds up. Sounds right. I probably have it and could tell you really yeah. fast. Um, I think my favorite thing <laughs> is. I have like a bunch of elephant heart music on my phone. And so I'll be playing it. My friends will be like, who is this? And they'll get them onto it. And then they'll, I'll be like, so just so you know, this guy actually did this, 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 and this. And they're like, I had no idea. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, it's called something mind body of mind or spirit of mind. Oh my gosh. This is taking way longer. But, but, um, lost in my mind. Yeah. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. so, so he, in the in the iTunes um, description, it says that they went in, in, to Joshua Tree and had this like psychedelic experience mm-hmm. um, when they wrote that song, and it's like they went with Jason to do that. <laughs> so Jason explains to me how they went into the desert and they like, you know, took a bunch of acid and like yeah. saw like crazy like vision on the mountain and like Jeez. Jason spent like months with these guys. I think mm. they were like living at his house or something. Um, and, uh, so they're really cool. I, I was watching him DJ and I was like, it all kind of hit me. I was like, this motherfucker is so ill. And they're like, doom, doom, doom. like the, the way they, like they have a specific sound with the synths. Yeah. It's like really dope synths and like these really good melodies and it is chill, but it also has this really big aggressive sound also mm-hmm. to it. I don't know. They're really cool. And then they have like cool lyrics too. And they like sing. It's like, they don't sing too much, but I don't know. They're just like really dope. I feel, I really like music that feels like it encompasses your like whole body. If you know what I'm saying. So it's like when music is playing, it feels like it's just like surrounding you. Um, I feel like it has that sound that it like reaches every part of your body that you Uh just feel like I just want to lay here and I mean, they, that's even, isn't that one of their lyrics? I don't know. But like, you just want to like lay here and listen to um, the sounds just like yeah. roll off of you. And that's another know. cool thing is like that a lot of that has to do with the production, mm-hmm. which Jason's like, you know, he's, it's all, he's starting with the kick that mm-hmm. he's, that he's finding, that he's playing and yeah. he's pulling up the synth and he's like doing the melodies and he's uh this guy was like you know i was uh driving around in uh his dad's motorhome mm-hmm. for our first tour 20 years ago 
we were in a band called Delusion and he was singing and writing these songs and I always was like this fucking kid is like insanely talented mm -hmm. you know and then it took like we were talking with Wickham you were here yeah that was like a crazy night I felt the energy that night was so off. Like it was it, so weird. It was so, you and Wickham were just like having this like thing. I don't know what was going on. And Wickham was just like on one and he totally disengaged the whole sep second half of the podcast. Yeah. And we were also like literally talking about like him like leaving when, you know, he was like, I, I still want to do the podcast but you could kind of like, there was, you a, could tell. Yeah. Like he was like, mm -hmm. I love the podcast, but, um, that was the last one he ever did. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had had so many conversations about it because I mean the day before he had just quit, you know, all the, that nicotine and freaked out. And so I was like, you need to calm down. <laughs> You, you need to think about, you know, you all of this stuff that, Oh, that day. Yeah. That day. Right. And then, um, yeah, it all kind of that night, I feel like through conversation kind of came out and then in weird ways that, I don't know, that energy was so off, yeah. but so we were talking that night about, um, how long it took for him to, you know, me and Jason to like. Yeah. You know, how long, like he was writing those songs for delusion and then he had like this other band and then another band and then he spent so many years writing songs for different artists and then he finally wrote, um, heart attack, Demi Lovato. Demi. Yeah. And that was like the big breakout single for him. And then he wow. was all of a sudden kind of sought after as like this good songwriter and he started writing other songs for, you know, bigger artists. And then all of a sudden David Guetta was like, let me take you out on my jet and write some songs for, for me. Wow. And then he wrote a bunch of songs for him. And then, and then he was like, you know what? I really want to start focusing on writing like cooler music. Cause mm -hmm. he really is like a rock, like dope songwriter. And when, and when Hobo Johnson came in, he actually introduced him to like the beastie boys and certain songs. He didn't even know who they were. He didn't, he had never even heard, any of their music and like the stuff that they ended up writing was very much like that. But, um, so what are some of the other uh, bands you're listening to? Um, I don't even think I got, let you say one <laughs> right now. The last, honestly, I'm going to have to look I, every time I listen to most random music. Okay. Well, I found goth babe. Oh. I have to recommend his music. My friend was telling me, I didn't know this. Apparently he like, Every once in a while, we'll, like, make music, and it's only when he's inspired by it, and otherwise, he, like, travels in his van, and, like, that's it. But his music is so good, because mm. it's only when he, like, really wants to make something good. That's really cool. That's a cool name, too. I guess what I'm more interested in isn't, like, what you're listening to at the moment. It's, like, what you what I'm yeah, love. I, what, what are your, like, big... Like, what are oh, bands that... Or what's music that stays... That's been able to stay with you as, like, a 20... You're 22. Mm -hmm. You're 22. I'm 22. Yeah, so that's something that I'm always interested in. Because, like, when I was your age, there were, like, bands that mm -hmm. I repped. I... That I still yeah, rep, you know? I think um, one band for me... Well, I mean, I Led Zeppelin... I love Led Zeppelin. Going to California will always be my favorite song by them. Well, it had such a big meaning to me because I was like, oh, I wow. want to go to California. 
<laughs> go to California. So wait, how, how does it go? Um, uh, it's like a cool. Going to California, you know. I haven't heard it in a while. It's like kind of like almost a tropical vibe. Yeah, it's not like so different. It's not. Yeah, it's like different from. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorites of theirs too because it's like so different but so good oh yeah they're definitely i was obsessed for mm-hmm. like a, I've, I've had like my whole life i've i don't just like dabble mm-hmm. i go like all the way in like i discovered you know oh yeah the beatles when i was in like middle school I mean, obviously, I knew mm-hmm. who they were, but once they, I really understood how amazing they were. I went like all the way in like, <laughs> every album, and like I wore their shirt. I get for, like, really a month. into that like one band for a short amount of time. Yeah. I just like listen to everything. So do I. Do you do that with like directors at all? Um, a little bit. I feel like less so. I get into. You should. Um, you should. Well, I feel I get into these like genre. Uh huh. But like directors, yeah, are that like I do that with Tarantino more so than any other director. You've done that with Tarantino, yeah, mostly just with. But like, I think there's, you know, I think when I was also your age, I I went and I'm and I saw like you know JFK by Oliver Stone. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any of Oliver Stone's films? Like Platoon. I have Platoon. One of the only war movie besides Dunkirk that okay, I so, like. So Platoon is amazing. But mm-hmm. then he also did JFK and he did um, Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, I've seen that one. I watched that. So so, so, so Oliver Stone is yeah. someone that like you definitely, you go to IMDb and Oliver Stone and, and, and there, he has a bunch of films that oh, he's yeah. done. And like, you know, if, you, if any of them... You just you can tell which ones you mm-hmm. might want to watch, and then you just should just watch as many as you can by yeah. him. And then like the Coen Brothers, the Cohen, yeah. I mean, they just have every fucking movie they've ever made is incredible, and it really does feel like its own genre. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like David Cronenberg is another guy that um, is like amazing to like research, and I mean, there's so many Tony Scott, um, Martin Scorsese, obviously, yeah. Um, but so as far as music, Led Zeppelin. Um, Vampire Weekend, yeah. for sure. I, they're like one of my favorites. I, I, my big thing about Vampire Weekend is I I introduced them to my dad. And then my dad and I listened to Vampire Weekend together like in the car. And so it was like they, they'll always hold a special place in my heart. One, because their music is so good. But yeah. also because it like holds this like nostalgic homey feeling for me because it reminds me of my dad yeah um and it's really cool when like you can turn your dad onto something that's oh good. yeah <laughs> like, this is actually good oh yeah Let's i bought go. him i remember i bought him two albums for christmas one year and i was more excited because one he was so excited about it and two i could have all of the music that i just bought him and so it was this like shared gift almost which albums um I want to say it was, yeah. No, yeah. I, I think this is their self-titled. Yeah, it was the and self-titled and Mantra. no, it was Vampires in the City, I think. Oh, Modern Vampires. Mo- modern Vampires. Right, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe there's, a, oh, those are the three essential. Have you heard their yeah. new one? Yeah, I saw them live last, or two months ago. 
Oh, I wow. got yeah. I actually got my black. I got a black eye on my way to their set, and then like was by myself at Vampire Weekend with like with the forming black eye with random people I had just met. Oh, it that was, was at that. Oh, that was after you got the black eye. Yeah, immediately after. Oh, and then mm. where'd you get the black eye? I was running through a crowd trying to get to Vampire Weekend, and some guy lifted his arm and just smacked my. I just ran right <laughs> wait, into his arm. So you got the black eye at the Vampire Weekend show? Yeah, it was at a festival. So it was at Life is Beautiful. Oh. And then, yeah. I'm pretty sure Elephant Heart performed there. Did? They were in town that same weekend. Or maybe they just They went. were with Steve Aoki that same. I remember because they were posting about oh, okay. it, and I was like, we're both in Vegas at the same time. Okay, and so maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they went. I don't know if they... Uh, maybe they performed... They might have. This Father of the Bride album. Mm-hmm. You, you know it? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, this 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 Life song is really good. If I play it on Can the podcast, <laughs> it's actually not chill. I think, it, Alex, if we play, like, big music on the podcast, I think don't it... Don't do that, please. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah, do that, I, I please, remember me, me, me and Wickham used to do that... Um, with like Kanye and shit. And mm-hmm. it just like, I think some of those got either flagged or. Yeah. And this, what about the strokes? Um, I've listened to a little bit of the strokes, but I what wasn't about like MGMT. Yeah. I mean, their most popular song, which was that's kids. Yeah. Kids. Or, or, and or, well, there's an album called oracular spectacular. That's mm-hmm. insane. It's like so fucking good. Mm-hmm. That, that album kind of changed my life. <laughs> I mean, they. Uh, what about M eighty three? Yeah, Midnight City, one of the best songs. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they're dope, um, but they don't have like a. Yeah, they're not as MGMT. This album, um, Time to Pretend, is the song. Yes. That, yeah. That, yeah, that kind of changed like everything. I, at that mm-hmm. time, I was like, wow. That that album, Oracular Spectacular, mm-hmm. uh, this one. Yes. This this album, I think, is the last, like, really great, like, incredible album mm-hmm. that I can remember. Um, I don't want to say that unless I really. <laughs> well, because MGMT actually just put out an album that's 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 great. I but, didn't even know that. Yeah, it's 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 not as good. Little Dark Age. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that I, I I would say if you love, I mean, you obviously want to work in this industry. Yeah. I mean, have you seen Drive? I haven't. That's been one of the movies on the top of my watch list since it came out. Yeah, and I you, never went you to it in theaters. You're gonna love it. I know you will. I mean, if you like Joker, you'll love Drive. Mm-hmm. So that director, Nicholas Winding Ren, mm-hmm. Refn, he uh, did Neon Demon. You've heard, mm-hmm. you've heard I've of heard of that. Wickham actually was yeah. really pushing me to watch it. Yeah, actually, just never sent, did. <laughs> so, so he has this show on Amazon Prime right now called um, "Too Young to Die" or "Too Old to Die Young." Mm-hmm. It's like ten episodes. They're all like an hour, and it's so good. And I just sent it to Wickham. He also did "Only God Forgives," which is also with Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. You like Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Have you seen like "Place Beyond the Pines"? No. Yeah, like, you, you, you know, like, that image of uh, him with, like, the tattoos? 
I don't know if I do. But like he has like tattoos like on his neck and like, uh, um, yeah, you, you gotta really, you should see like this, this one. Oh, that's his character in, in this mm-hmm. movie. It's really good. He has like blonde hair and like a tattoo on his. Oh yeah. Cheek. Okay. I've seen those. Like on Tumblr, maybe or yep. something. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Buffalo '66? Nope. Yeah. Do you know who Vincent Gallo is? Nope. You know Christina Ricci. Yes. So she's in Buffalo '66, and uh, Vincent Gallo is—he directed it, and he—you've uh, probably seen this on Tumblr, maybe. I've actually never. So Never this, seen that. this is Vincent Gallo. Uh-huh. And he directed, he wrote and directed and stars in this film. Yeah. Which I think is kind of, this film is like, I want to say like, uh, almost, it's in, what? Oh, it's, it's so fucking dope. It's like the beginning. It's like the, maybe the first and best like indie film about, like almost, I want to say maybe like a hipster. Like I think mm-hmm. that like Ryan Gosling is sort of a hipster and drive and like, I don't know. There's just something cool about like that movie and a lot of movies that like I like. Mm-hmm. And this is like the beginning of that. Like he filmed it all on like film and he's like, he, he's like this guy who wears like red boots and like, he's like a weird style and he has like yeah. this long hair and he like gets out of prison and like grabs Christina Ricci and it's like, it's a really good one. You should watch. I can like, mm-hmm. I'll probably just end up texting you some of this. <laughs> do you like love films? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like what films are you like into? I think, I mean, I, I've always loved Tarantino. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I have a Kill Bill poster on my door. Great. Um, I love Christopher Nolan. Oh, okay. And so all of his, like, I love films that really make you think. Yeah. And so, I mean, Inception was probably the first one I ever saw of him, of his. And then The Prestige and Dunkirk oh, I, like, was fantastic. It's, they're you, just ones that you, you would never really think of when you think of Christopher Nolan because you think of Dunkirk Momento. and Inception. I've never seen Memento. Yeah. I remember when I first saw Memento, I really liked it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This dude's dope." And then, and then, uh, and then he did uh, like Batman, I think, mm-hmm. The it, Dark Knight, yeah, all, all yep. those. Um, and it was like, oh, cool. And then, you know, Inception, and then Interstellar, Interstellar, yeah, with Matthew McConaughey. Oh yeah, and, and uh, you know. When once he started doing that stuff, I feel like it was almost like I was thinking too much, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know yeah. if, if this is this really is is he just like a magician? And then he did the one about He's magicians, crazy. yeah, so yeah, the prestige. I definitely have like this insane respect for him, and he creates like this crazy atmosphere mm-hmm. and this like tension in his films, and the mu- the music is so intense. And, oh yeah, but. I will say that I feel like he kind of is a magician mm-hmm. and he almost tricks me into loving it. And then I'm like, no, nah, I don't fully understand. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. Did, did that like make sense? Or is it just, was everything just so good that he convinced me? 
That it was, yeah. You know, like, I see like, what you mean. And then Dunkirk, I was like, wait a second. The time in that movie. It's just... Yeah, everything, everything is so fits good. Together. Oh, what do you mean? I mean, because the, the whole point of that mm. film is that everything happens at right. different intervals of time, but span, like over the same length of So know, the whole film. movie basically takes place in the span of like two hours. And well, the the plane thing is what two hours, and then the boat was is a little bit longer, and then the people it, on shore is like a few days. Oh, okay. And so, but they make it seem like it's all happening at the same time, uh, and that's what's confusing to the viewer. Uh, when they shot that film, they had I think close to four hours of footage. And Christopher Nolan like gave it to the editors and they're like, he was like, decide what to put in it. It's all important. And Mm. then they, I mean, that turned into Dunkirk. Yeah. I also heard that it was the first time they ever held an IMAX camera. That could be true. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. They they, they like went handheld with this IMAX camera, which is like this huge fucking thing. (laughs) So, you know, I saw it in the IMAX, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know it was IMAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was uh, Dark Knight. Or, Mm -hmm. yeah, so was Dark Knight. But so is uh, Joker. Like, when when movies are made for IMAX, I think it's good to see them in IMAX because you fucking really get to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think dive in, like, like if you really Mm -hmm. like something, I think it's really, it's almost like you're still young and you can like almost go to school, you know, like when it comes to doing research and study like different directors, like I still do it. Like I just recently like watched all of Brian De Palma's films and Mm -hmm. he's like a a well-respected, like OG director that did Scarface yeah, but also carry and like body double and blow out, which is like one like blow out is Quentin Tarantino's favorite film. Oh, that, that's kind of like why I did, yeah, did yeah, this. yeah. And I watched blow out and I'm like, I don't really, it's with John Travolta. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that's actually probably why that's why he cast John Travolta. And yeah, because yeah. he loved blow out. Um, it's kind of like, uh, this, this, this film editor just figures out like this crime because mm-hmm. he's like able to like edit and see stuff in the footage that someone shot. Um, and it's like shows like old editing bays and I don't mm-hmm. know, I, I don't, I don't really know what he loved so much about it, but, uh, and then also David Cronenberg, he did a history of violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did uh Eastern promises, video drone, the fly. Um, you haven't seen any of these. Nope. Uh, have you heard of the fly? <laughs> I think I've heard of The Fly out of all of those. Yeah, like that's one where... What up? I would be so impressed if she's seen The Fly. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> no, I actually really... I, I, I really enjoy... Like when I was your age, I had this dude, Danny, who was like 10 years older than me mm-hmm. or more. I think probably similar to like our age gap and like me and Wickham and like me and Nate and like mm-hmm. some of the guys that are around. And he really turned me on to so much stuff like Steely Dan and yeah. just like vinyl. And, and he was friends with like Wu Tang and he kind of helped me like inspire me to get into like producing music and mm-hmm. showed me like films. And like, um, so I really like to like turn young 
kids onto certain things that they may otherwise miss, you know, yeah. because there's so much right now for you guys, mm-hmm. you know? And I also am like really interested in like, um, what you guys are tripping on, like this, uh, goth babe. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody even knows who that is. I bring that, I, I play it and people are like, who is this? Yeah. And I'm like, came up on my new music this <laughs> this week. Oh, on Apple? Yeah. I get the most random record. I mean, because when I get into good, when I find good music myself, Apple Music will suggest better music for me. Yeah. Um, me too. Like, I've been listening to a lot of Gus Dapperton. I love mm. all of his music. And oh, so I, I think that. after I got into a lot of his music, I got into a lot of really random indie artists. Right. Which has been yeah. I really nice. like I really like the uh, Apple new music shit because mm-hmm. I get. I mean, how else are you gonna like find out about new mm-hmm. shit? It's kind of crazy. No, exactly. I guess you have to like follow playlists. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I used to go to Tower on Tuesday. You know, albums get released on Tuesday. Yeah. And at Tower, whatever the local CD store is, you would go there and you would see the new music that came out. Mm. You'd listen to it, the listening station. Oh. And you would, like, <laughs> steal CDs and shit. And that's how we found out about shit, you know? Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, that's so different, <laughs> different from today. I get yeah. into these... I get into moods where I want to find new music yeah, and then too. I get into moods where I want to find new movies and new TV shows yeah. and they're never at the same time. And right now I'm definitely on a music. Well, music I mean, phase. you know, you should like, if you ever like not knowing what to look for or whatever, mm-hmm. just hit me up or whatever and I'll yeah. shoot you some stuff. Wickham's done that. Oz has done that. Mm-hmm. I've sent Oz a bunch of shit. Um, I've turned Nate onto a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. I'm always looking for new stuff. I get bored so easily with the same thing over and over again. But yeah. then again, I'll always turn back to all the old stuff. And Yeah, like um, the old stuff is just endless. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. Like, do you know about, like, do you, have you gotten into the Rolling Stones at all? For a little bit. Yeah. Um, the Beatles. Or... Yeah, the Beatles a little. I feel like I have a hard time. What about like Rush? No. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you have a hard time. No, I I have a hard time with like really big group. I'm I'm kind of suck for this, but like really big groups like the Rolling Stones or I love the Beatles, but like listening to them all the time because they're so hyped up. When people hype things up to me too much, I get turned off. Yeah. And so I I tend to go like an alternative route, and I'm like, well you should try out this thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's cool that you notice that, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think some people don't even realize that they're doing that, but the Beatles are cool because they actually have a lot of music that you haven't heard, mm-hmm. you know, and just to listen to like a whole album, not like a greatest hits, but like, yeah, an actual album. Yeah. yeah. Like the magical mystery tour is like an album. Well, and that's one of my favorite movies is almost famous. Oh yeah. And I think one of the most important messages at the beginning of the film is when she gives him or when his sister gives him all her albums and she's like listen to this from start to finish you'll lose your mind Uh uh-huh what Um, album was it it was i think it was the she stresses a lot all about simon and garfunkel but that wasn't Uh, what it was it was 
I'm not going to remember. It's fine. Yep. But right, I mean, right in the comment what the album is. Or the, yeah, I'll find there, it. Is there a way to comment? Well, you know what? Actually, listen. I want to say this real quick. Uh, First of all, it was great having you on. (laughs) What time is it? It's fucking. It's like one fifty-three. This has been a long one. (laughs) It's almost two. I didn't even realize what time it was. These are fun, and we'll definitely talk again. Um, Yeah. But I just want to say that if you're still listening, (laughs) do me a favor and comment, like write a review on iTunes, and, and if you know what the album is. That they're that that she gives him in Almost Famous. Yeah, um, you can email me, um, or you can write it. Actually, you know what? If you write a review um, and you say what you think about this podcast in the review section, um, and then you email me, I'll, I'll shoot you twenty bucks <laughs> on, uh, on 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 through uh, Venmo. I've actually paid, I think, two people. They've emailed, they've emailed me and mm-hmm. a couple other people have emailed me and said like, I don't want you to pay me. I just really like your podcast. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, if you know the name of the album, write it in the, uh, in the review, there's a place underneath the podcast on Apple where you can like write reviews. You can do stars and like write reviews. Mm-hmm. So those really help us. Actually, Kaya is kind of like handling all the podcast stuff. Yeah. She, she, she's like. Posting, <laughs> posting them and like um, doing all the Instagram videos and sort of running the Instagram for the Learning to Lose podcast. So it's really cool to finally have you on. Yeah. Um, interesting to be on this side instead of the, <laughs> just the editing yeah, side. Yeah, <laughs> and, and she'll be editing uh, an Instagram video for this podcast, which will be cool. That'll be so weird. Yeah, not really. <laughs> well, for myself. I'm not used to editing myself. Hmm? Oh yeah! Oh, oh. She's, she's starting to do tattoos. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> also, Kyle will be doing tattoos in my garage if anyone wants. <laughs> so my email address is pat at ridgeproduction dot com. So shoot me an email if you made it this far, and um, give us a review. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.